So we have our annual guests that we've had for, what, the last three years, four years? Uh, Something like on, that. On the pod. This is your fourth episode, right? I think this yes. is the fourth one, yeah. I think right. so. I think that's right, yeah. Well, Caitlin and Nicole of the uh, In Hibernation, <laughs> That's Not How Science Works podcast uh, <laughs> are here with us today. And uh, actually, honestly, I think we could probably forego a cold open today because uh, – there we have a lot of stuff to talk about today. I think, uh, yeah, or at least a lot of, yeah. if not a lot to say about every individual element, we at least have several elements. So I'm gonna do, there you mm-hmm. go. I'm gonna do our fake little play-in thing. And unfortunately, uh, I my son broke my kazoo again, so I'm just been doing it with my mouth. So <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have to do it. I'm gonna cover my. I'm gonna. Co- you couldn't find another kazoo for like a penny. Well, I just, <laughs> just don't sell kazoos in the store. I have to like order it online every time uh, that he breaks one. So I'm gonna cover my camera because I don't. I bet you could find it. I in don't the want people store. to see me doing this <laughs> with my with my face. No record. Uh, <laughs> all right, hi everyone. Welcome to Out of Contracts, the show where uh, two guys who have seen part of Star Trek try to watch all of it in no particular order. Uh, I'm Ryan Howard. I'm Brady Jungle. And Caitlin and Nicole are here uh, with us uh, for our annual June. uh... Yay! So I was pretty excited uh, when we realized like what episode we were doing and that it lined up with you guys being on the show because we are doing uh, not an actual episode, uh, but we're doing uh, Short Treks, which is, I guess, a season of... There's two seasons, according yeah. to Wikipedia. Yeah. yeah. Or like they, on- there are like two kind of se- <laughs> sets of them that came out at different times. Yeah. An ongoing marketing ploy is what I'm saying. For what? Oh. This is. Yeah. This is my biggest thing is I don't understand why these exist. So. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so what the. Yeah. I, I Sorry. I inter- we were interrupted. You were explaining. No, it's. Yeah. So, Graham, so yeah. just. So this is when we first when we first started doing this show like more than more than four years ago now I think uh, wow. or uh, something like that we wow. uh, we put together um, like the list of, of the Star Trek episodes and we had one entry out of like the eight hundred some that are on there that were on there called Short Treks because this was like this basically I guess two seasons uh, uh, although like if you look on Paramount Plus it just says it's one season so. You know, it's it, somewhat, somewhat arguable. But yeah, I think two seasons, though, of these uh, little shorts. These, like, you know, some of them, I would say, you could kind of say are short films. Some of them are, like, a little bit more, like, webisodes-type ty- ty- things of... They're, like, kind of, like, tie-in shows to Paramount Plus Star Trek stuff. And we weren't really sure how to handle them. We were like, I don't think that we could probably do, like, a whole episode on, like, you know, the <laughs> the one that's, like, about uh, Saru... <laughs> joining the the discovery or whatever so we're like we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll we'll lump these all together it doesn't seem like they're doing them anymore because they haven't done one since like the first season of picard so it's it's been like uh like three years since they've done one of these yeah so we'll put it in here and then you know we'll see whenever it comes up but yeah there's like a, it was like you know at this point probably like a one in 850 chance that this would pop up and it did pop up uh, and, and it popped up on the month that we usually do stuff with you guys so I was excited because I was like oh this is like this would be a different thing for us to talk about and we get to talk about it with Caitlin and Nicole who I think it's kind of a perfect thing to for talk to you guys about especially you Caitlin because it really does feed back into the original premise of our show which is watching stuff without any context for how it fits into the overall uh-huh. yes. <laughs> 
Yes, relevant, despite having access to Paramount Plus, I have maybe watched a total of five episodes of Paramount Plus Star Trek things, and one of those was for oh, this yeah, show. Yeah. <laughs> Caitlin, Caitlin, uh, get on so, the Lower Decks bandwagon. I have watched, I think, two episodes of the Lower Decks. <laughs> no, there's good. multiple seasons now, Caitlin. This is inexcusable. Well, uh, so Nicole, how do you feel about uh, this? Is not related to this this episode specifically, but like, how do you feel about um, Strange New Worlds? Because I don't think we've talked. Since I yeah, I actually on. have not watched Strange New Worlds yet, but I okay. I am similar to what we were discussing before the uh, we started recording, which is I've heard very good things about it. Yeah, it's good. We uh, Brady and I both both uh, dug it, and then yeah, I like it a lot. Yeah, and Prodigy is. Like Dees, too. It starts out kind of... Yeah, that's what I've heard as well. Yeah, that, like, fine. considering it's it's geared for kids, it's surprisingly decent. Yeah. Yeah, it starts out kind of slow, but it, it gets... It gets it yeah. gets rolling eventually, so... Even though, like, I don't... Their release schedule for it, I think, is, like, totally mystifying. Because I think they just announced... <laughs> it's so weird. I think they just announced they're doing something like that again, where, like, they're going to split it and It's, like, going to be 20 episodes that are, like, split in half for season two. Like, the first huh. season of the show, like, rolled out over a like longer than a calendar year of time. That's very strange, but um, that's very strange for children's media, especially. Yeah. I, I do think it's funny. Now we're at the point where there is enough Star Trek content that's being currently produced on Paramount plus that you can never unsubscribe as a Star Trek fan because there's always something new coming out. Yeah. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, I think they are trying to kind of, I don't know. The strategy for children seems like continuous. it should be more block release. <laughs> Just yeah, just put out a bunch of it so that like they can stream it whenever they want. Yeah. A lot of times when they do that out. stuff with children's shows, it's to get around union rules. Oh. Uh, because basically what they do, because like Netflix is notorious for this. Basically, what they'll do is they'll order three seasons of a show, but they will release them in like ten episode chunks. So effectively, what you have is six seasons for the union price of three seasons. Mm. Interesting. That's interesting. I guess that's also a good point because, yeah, because at least one of the actors is a kid. So I don't know if there's like child labor laws you have to work around too. But even the animation has their own union. The animation is, yeah, yeah, that's usually what Uh, it is. So like, because basically per union rules, there are required raises to give animators per season. Mm. But if effectively what you're doing is only ordering three seasons, but releasing it as if it's each season is multiple seasons, then you can get around the uh, union rules. I, I just know that that's been Shady. an issue with Netflix, like with stuff like She-Ra and stuff that got really popular mm, where yeah. they're like, we have five seasons of the show, but they were only paid for like two seasons or something like that. Mm. That's extremely huh. plausible. That's really interesting. I, yeah, that the show is, is, is all, fully all right. I, uh, was not loving the first half of it. And the, other, like, this, the, 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 the released much later part of it, I, I, I liked quite a bit more. I think yeah. the other thing with that is it seems like they're kind of using that show as like a as like a play a way to fill the gaps in between, like the live action shows too. Um, mm-hmm. There actually isn't a show airing right now, which is like pretty unusual for um, for Paramount Plus. But I think yeah, I, it I is. think in, I mean because Strange New World is like June. end of May or something June. like that. Yeah. Or June. So they've got like about a okay. month and a half of. Oh, so I guess you can miss one yeah. month of your subscription. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, so there are ten episodes of this. Two of them are animated, actually, and mm-hmm. yeah, that do kind of feel like the just sort of 
hey, look, we can do animation. Because it, it was not very good animation. It's like, yeah. one of them looks like if if someone made it in Blender and posted it to YouTube, I'd be like, wow, you did a really good job in Blender. But because this is created for Paramount Plus by CBS, I'm like, wow, you did a very bad job. Well, well I do think, I don't know if we're going to get to this later or not, but I did really feel the budget on many of these, not as much in effects or makeup, but in lack of cast. Like, yeah, so many of like, these had two well, let's, people. Let's, 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 do we, so we can organize this a little bit. I think, why don't we first, I think everybody except for Nicole uh, did like a brief episode ranking. And it might be fun to just kind of go through those quickly. And then we can probably just take each one of them that episode's like yeah, individually in like order, and then one. you know, say as yeah. little or as much as we want about it, because I think some of them don't really bear a lot of a lot of discussion. <laughs> but uh, no. yeah, so uh, Caitlin, do you want to go first? What, what was your what was your ranking? I mean, do we want to each say what our ten is and then go up that way, or do we want to? Oh sure, yeah. So yeah, number yeah, so yeah, that, that's fine. That's fine. So number ten, let's let's each do number ten. Uh, what 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 do we think? Yeah. I will say, and I think some of y'all agree, like I feel very strongly about my number one and my number 10. And then in between, it's very wibbly wobbly. So I will take critique from your audience. Yeah, they were all just kind of wibbly wobbly for me. So yeah. (laughs) Okay, number 10. I have Children of Mars, which I did not like. I also have Children of Mars. Oh, good. It's just such nothing. Like... I don't know why, like, I mean, I know the reason it exists, like, the only reason it exists is, I guess, to set up Picard, because, like, Picard's, like, the first season of Picard is kind of about this whole, like, that the Mars, like, colony was attacked by robots. Well, let's, 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 let's not talk about it, actually, until we talk about it. Like, let's, yeah, yeah, because we're gonna gonna go. Yeah. Okay. I I don't, it's, I like the song, I don't know why the episode exists. Okay. I th- I'm hoping that someone also agrees with me on number nine. I have Q and A. Uh, I have uh, Runaway. Okay, I I actually have Girl Who Made the Stars. Oh, that's, that's coming up pretty quickly here for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for number eight, I have Calypso. Okay. Uh, okay. I this is gonna I think be a point of contention between me and Ryan, but I have trouble with that. Oh, you guys are just eight. saying episodes that are not going to come up for a while for me. Uh, so I have Girl Who Made the Stars at number eight. Yeah. Okay. At seven, I have Runaway. I also have Runaway at seven. Yeah. Uh, I have Ephraim and Dot at at number seven. Okay. The two animated ones right in a row for me. Sure. Uh, okay. So number six. Six is where I have Girl Who Made the Stars. Okay. I have Q and A for six. Okay, I have uh, I have the brightest star for six. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, five is where I have the escape artist, which I know might be controversial. That's fine. I have Calypso for five. It's just I, such, like, I also have the escape artist. Me. I also have the escape artist for five. Okay. <laughs> I'm relieved. <laughs> for four, I have the trouble with Edward. Okay. I I have Ephraim and Dot for four actually. Really? Okay. I have. Yeah. Uh, I have Ask Not uh, for for four. Uh-huh. For three is where I have Ask Not. I have Escape Artist at three. I have Q and A at three. <laughs> I think, okay. I think that I think the two of you. I'm not sure what. <laughs> list, so I think the two of you have a much more similar list than I do. I think we might. Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. so I feel like I I didn't make a list, but I liked Q and A just fine. 
I, I thought, yeah, I thought yeah. it was just fine. It was very like middle of the road. I for have me. a major point in there where I'm like, that was a bold decision. Anyways, I, I'm mostly reserving. Like, I have things that I want was to rant about. When they about. tried to have F- Ethan Peck sing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> it's related to that for sure. <laughs> okay. Well, well, okay. So Rebecca <laughs> Romaine can kind of sing. Ethan Peck cannot. All right. N- number Anyways. two. Number two. <laughs> anyway, yeah. I actually have the brightest star at number two. I also have the brightest star for number two. Yeah. I have uh, I have Calypso at number two. Okay. Um, and then I liked. I will say I said I was strong about this, but like for me personally, I liked Ephraim and Dot a lot, and that's my number one. Really? Yeah. I didn't like that one at all. It might also be that I watched it second, right after Children of Mars. <laughs> oh, sure. So. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is fun. <laughs> all right, uh, Brady, what was your this number one? This is not boring and sad. Uh, I actually had Ask Not. I liked Ask Not a lot. All right, I had uh, I had the trouble with Edward number one. That's yeah, why, I figured. That's my clear <laughs> number one. I liked it way more than it. I, I like some of the other ones fine, but I was like, this rules. I love that. <laughs> that was really good. It's so weird. <laughs> I, I, that one for me should have worked more than uh, it did. Okay. I, I yeah, I think that's uh, part of it. Is like uh, well, it's well, so tonally different than anything you were expecting, I feel yeah. like. Okay. Anyways. So yeah, we'll let's get to that. Yeah, let, well, let's let's go I into, don't even know how you ranked them. Like for the most of these, it's just like <laughs> I didn't I didn't think it was good. I, I, <laughs> I agree. didn't think it was good. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I did How do you rank yeah. a pile of nothing? I don't know. Yeah, I, they just kind of threw it all there. If we if we all disliked Children of Men, should we talk about that first, or should we start with things we liked? Let's let's just go in order. Let's just go. In I think order let's go in the, like yeah. yeah. So because I think it's it's interesting. You can talk about like the contextually what's going on in yeah. The so for a little bit of context, so they were released in kind of two chunks. Um, so the first four uh, came out between Discovery Season 1 and Discovery Season 2. Yeah. Uh, and that was at a point when I think Discovery was like the only Star Trek show on television. Correct, yes. Or on CBS All Access, I guess. Yeah, because th- that was the case for the first, I think, couple of years. And then Picard was the first, yeah. was like the second show, which is just premiering at the end of this run of stuff. Yeah, so the last so th- the last six, so five through ten, were after, like between Season 2 and 3 of Discovery, and also, I think, right before Picard came out. Yeah. Um, and this was, I think, also at a point when they were expecting... Because it, it was, like, 2019. So I think they were expecting to also have, like, Strange New Worlds pretty... Like, they had also, I think, announced that. And then that ended up getting delayed for, like, two or three years because of COVID and everything. Maybe more than that. Yeah. But, yeah, you can tell that they're kind of trying to set up the characters for Strange New Worlds, too. Which is interesting because... Right. Like, when I was watching them without that context, I was like, oh, these... Three are definitely for Discovery. Then this next chunk looks like it's for Strange New Worlds. And then maybe this one is for Prodigy. And maybe this one is for Lower Decks. But I'm not sure. And then I didn't know what Children of Mars was for. Except they would never for Lower Decks. Lower Decks is so much better well, than yes, this. Yes, but I think there was yeah. an aspect Nothing of like burger. animation. It, it was just it kind exists. of like trying, <laughs> trying, out, like, trying out animation. Yeah. yeah, it's just like the two animated ones. The style is completely different from Lower Decks, which is definitely more of a Rick and Morty yeah. style of animation. Yes. Yeah, it is unfortunately a little reminiscent of the way Prodigy looks. Like yeah, Prodigy at least Girl, Girl Who Made the that. Stars. Yeah, is, is uh, I think the same style as Prodigy. Um, and yeah, I did know notice it with that much more than like I know you really noticed in Prodigy and I, I did notice it in Girl Who Made the Stars kind of like how rough the animation is especially with like people talking yeah, yeah like her dad had had no facial expressions he's just like oh okay 
Yeah, did you take like a lot his of mouth Botox wasn't really before? moving yeah. at the same time the words were coming out. Yeah, yeah. It, it was, was very it was bad. It was rough. Yeah, but then okay, to hear so- that the three that to me seemed very obviously Strange New Worlds were like multiple years before that show was out is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So to launch in like with with Runaway. So Runaway uh, is this, and I was like when when I watched Runaway, I really didn't like it. And I was like, oh man, are we in are we in for like some some like real kind of like BS hours? Like, and I liked most of the rest of them better than this one. But yeah. like, this is my my like recurring theme run. You know, uh, theme of of my feelings about these episodes is that the less they have to do with directly tying into the show, the more I like them. <laughs> like, cause yeah. Uh, and runaway was the one, the one I think that the most like then like later in the show, they would reference stuff that happened in runaway. Yeah. Like it was like, Brady and I would be like, what it was are they one talking of those things about? Like, yeah. Who is, cause like the, that character, like Poe, like shows up in like the finale of season two of, of discovery. And, you're, and like everyone acts like they know who she is. And you're just like, I don't think this yeah. is a character. <laughs> And there are, like, multiple times where, like, uh, Tilly is talking about, like, how her mom is mean, and you're just supposed to be like, oh, yeah. Uh, like, like, like she's like, oh, you know how my mom is. And I'm like, I don't know how your mom is, but I guess I would have if I had watched this this little yeah. thing. But So, yeah, so quickly to kind of summarize. So, Runaway, basically, like, Tilly is by herself in the mess hall, like, has kind of a phone call where her mom is just like, oh, like, you know, maybe this is all too hard for you, and, like, why can't you be as good as your sister, and that, and then she meets a, like, alien that is kind of stowed away on the ship that it turns out is, Mm -hmm. like, the queen of her planet that was, but is, like, a teenager that was kind of running away from home, and they, like, talk for a while and, like, understand each other better, and, like, Tilly is kind of inspired to, like, like, we can both do what we have to do, and it's all, like, a well, and their planet has just achieved warp, so they've yeah. just and like, like entered and this the f- first contact eligibility. <laughs> I, I forget what. Yeah, it yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and also, they mine dilithium. Is that right? Yes. And she invented something that like recycles dilithium yeah, or something strange. like that. I don't know how I you felt about that. That's kind of the vibe I got. Is dilithium mm-hmm. what they use in the work war, right? Weird, yeah. So I... there's like a lot of like strategic, like political importance now of this planet. Yeah, I don't know if you felt this way, Brady. I was I was a little bit confused by this because, like, I had to like double check myself to remember like when this took place because, like, dilithium is not like super duper rare at the time period when this show, uh, like, the, 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 this this episode season, is supposed yeah. to have, have happened. Whereas in the next season, dilithium basically has like ceased to exist. Um, and so I was like, oh wait, like, is this really? Yeah, it is because, a weirdly like. Does this tie burn, into then, that at all? But I don't. Yeah, I don't. Th- think it has anything to do with that it takes place like a thousand years before the third season so i was like that's strange that, like they're making such a big deal out of this because i don't think dilithium is particularly rare at this time period but i guess it's still yeah valuable. i think it's still like important yeah because it's like what yeah. ships run on but yeah yeah but they just kind of um, like talk and then and then like eventually she's like oh you should go get coronated <laughs> bye yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm gonna like keep being a Starfleet officer. Yeah. Like, it's supposed to, I think, be kind of, like, character development for Tilly. Um, but it doesn't really... I don't know. It just doesn't really track. There's just not enough... There's not a lot of, like, there there, which is kind of... I guess she feels confident because yeah. she convinced somebody else to be confident in herself. I, I don't know. Like... Yeah. It does just kind of feel like they, like... It's a little forced and a little rushed, but I guess that's... It's almost Part like, of it might just be the nature of a short, maybe. It's almost like know. it's a little nothing burger. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like all of these. Yeah. Yes. This this may become a theme. 
Um, uh, okay. Any more for this one, or should we move on to the next one? I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to whip through these. I just know that there's ten of them to talk about. No, so I, no, you're yeah. good. I think this one had the strongest. Like, I think it was trying to say something about indigenous sovereignty and resource use and colonization, but in a super short time period. And it was unclear to me, having done zero research, whether or not they actually had writers in the room who were from those cultures. Mm. Like it gave me Hawaii or Pacific Islander vibes, but without any real reason to have those. You may be Um, very generous in in giving it credit for being about all of those things. (laughs) Yeah, I was going to say, I I could see that being the case. It just, that's generally speaking, like not the kind of stuff that Discovery has on its mind. Like, like Discovery is very, like, we kind of, like... Yeah, the main, yeah, I think this was mostly about, like, Tilly is sad. Yeah, it's like, th- there's a lot of, there's a lot of, like, people... Oh, well, but Poe has the whole thing about, like, we're the only people who were born at the same time as our planet, and then, like, Tilly tries to correct her, and then she's like, no, our uh, yeah. oral history is important and has value. Like, those are things that a lot of indigenous North American cultures have really had to argue with scientific sure. European yeah. communities for validity on. And I, I do think like what could be the purpose of these shorts is to do things that the shows or Star Trek isn't doing. Are they doing that? No, <laughs> largely not. <laughs> uh, Caitlin, well, that, except for, that is... Except, except for Trouble with Edward, which we're going to talk about. Said, that's, some of them, some of them yeah. do are yeah. very tonally different. Yes. Trek, I'm, I'm yeah. going to say like, that seems like the sort of subject that Star Trek could do in an episode because like star trek has always been exploring humanity and cultures and stuff yeah i I just feel like the the, i agree i think you're giving these episodes (laughs) too much credit yeah it is i I do agree though that i do agree that like kind of that idea of them being like born together with their planet like it's a very cool like idea and there's a lot of potential there that yeah i think is not mined in a nine minute character piece yeah. And it makes more sense if they do bring it back in the show, but it sounds like they didn't bring it back in the show in a way that was helpful enough for y'all to actually understand what was no, happening. It's literally just like, yeah, the, this character shows up again in the finale and she's like, I'm here to help you. And then. Yeah. Uh, oh, you Tilly's need more like, ships. Fortunately, we know the queen of a planet. Yeah. And Tilly's like, oh, Poe, it's so good to see you. I'm, yeah. I'm, like, I'm like, and they have ice who cream. Is I, this? Think, like, I, 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 was, I had no idea who this was. Yeah. That's uh, hilarious. It's like, um, I, Brady, you were joking with this, me about this the other day, but it's it's like how, you know, there's like the somehow Palpatine returned thing in, in Rise <laughs> of Skywalker. And it turns out that like there actually was a like a message from Palpatine, like explaining his return that, that was aired in Fortnite. And, <laughs> right. and, and, Excuse me, yeah, what? <laughs> in, in Fortnite before in the in Fortnite, like a week or two before uh, Rise Skywalker premiered like they like ian mcdermott like recorded this thing that i think was maybe supposed to be for the movie originally and they cut it uh like explaining kind of like like where he's kind of announcing his return and that's in they just played it in Fortnite in like a Fortnite event and then didn't have it in the movie (laughs) that's that's one of the funniest things i've ever heard yeah uh, that doesn't tell you everything about rise of skywalker i don't know know what what. (laughs) oh man yeah but yeah, that I think is one of my biggest sort of like, I don't know if it's a problem or just like thing that I can't get straight in my head about short treks is that I don't understand why they made them. Because I feel like usually that kind of thing, like the Fortnite thing or like the animatrix, like some sort of like tie-in thing is trying to sell you 
or like get you to engage in another product like so i would get it if the like if discovery was on tv and then they're just like oh you want to like really understand discovery now you have to get cbs all access to watch these short treks but discovery was already on cbs all access and then they just made short treks on cbs all access so i don't know what like what they were trying to sell people or if they were just trying to keep people from canceling their subscription between it might just be that yeah and this, I guess, was, like, the only thing on CBS All Access at the time, too. Yeah, that and, the, that and the good fight, yeah. Right, like, I anecdotally had heard that, especially in the first couple seasons of Discovery, there was significant evidence that people would subscribe for the season and then unsubscribe and then That's what I did. <laughs> that's, that's, that's fair. I did, too. <laughs> well, I will say, if you do want, like, some good kind of, like, indigenous people's Star Trek stuff, uh, you could you could see Journey's End, which is, like, the second or third to last episode of, of TNG, is, is quite good and then I, I think less and there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff that's kind of like somewhat related to that in like ds9 and then less successful but still they're they're trying something is a lot of the chakotay episodes of, of voyager uh, i love that i love that classification of it as less successful but still trying something. well no i mean like i will say like <laughs> no that's accurate that's absolutely accurate <laughs> you're just describing voyager <laughs> Well, it's like, uh, you know, like, I, the, I find generally his episodes to be pretty boring, but, like, I do think that they are attempting to treat this stuff with, like, a, a, a large amount of, like, respect, retaining, like, the the importance of, like, those cultural traditions, you know, in the face of, like, an ex- increasing, like, technological, you know, world. Like, like in a way that, again, yeah. I, I just don't really find it super interesting to watch, but it's, like, one of, it's, like, a little bit of, like... Some eating your vegetables, like, hey, you're good for you, you know, like. Uh, I think uh, you're correct that they are definitely trying a thing. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how hard are they trying? I mean, uh, you know, uh, Chicote is not played by a Native American person, you know. Although I do like, I do like him a lot, like the the character and the actor, yeah. but you know, yeah, uh, they, they they were attempting something. They are they are doing a thing. Yeah. Uh, whether it's successful or has actually been, you know, approved of by indigenous communities is, in fact, another question. But <laughs> yeah. they are trying a thing. I am a fan of Journey's End, though. I think that 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 is like basically about kind of it, it, Starfleet kind of ends up doing like kind of a, a displacement of native people's thing, similar to the the way the United yeah. States has done in, in that. And that's a, that's a good episode about that kind of thing. So uh, that would be my that would be my recommendation for like if you wanted to write, watch a good episode about that topic. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know much about the makeup of the writer's room they have for the Star Wars not Star Wars, sorry, Star Trek shows, I'm sorry, <laughs> that are currently coming out. I know, I'm going to be canceled. <laughs> well, no, it's it's actually, it's it's um, it's 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 very apropos because like, just like another, just just like uh, the modern day, not as good uh, Star Wars, this modern day, not as good Star Trek has a character named Poe in it. So, uh, uh, but I actually do think like, an indigenous perspective in that writer's room could bring a lot specifically to the storylines that start the Star Trek universe yeah. is exploring. Yeah. I just don't know if they've actually bothered to hire yeah, I don't know. some people. Yeah, I don't know if I know. So have we talked about Calypso yet? <laughs> Cause we have some split split uh yeah. I liked this episode actually quite a bit. I because it it's very, very I liked like, it fine. It's, it's it's very self-contained, uh, which I liked, and it's just kind of like sad, and it is like this very common yeah. Star Trek thing that I just have a lot of affection for, which is like 
the idea of like a, a thing, like like a like an artificial intelligence kind of like use using the artificial intelligence like self awareness process to examine like the ideas of like what it means to like be a, a, a human a human or like like what is like essential to like identity like that kind of a thing like I don't know I found this yeah. episode just kind of like sweet uh, personally I thought I was going to like this more because it opens with some interesting, unique camera shots. And I thought, oh, finally, they're going to use a short to do something interesting Mm -hmm. and not just boring. But then the actual story was so predictably overdone that I was just like, table flip, I'm out. I mean, not because I had six more to watch, but... (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Nicole, what'd you think of this episode? Uh, It's... It's it's all right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's kind of right. Also, I, I, it's perfectly fine. This is not one of my hated episodes. <laughs> there you go. I think if you're only gonna it's, watch it's like phrase. two of these, this one is fine. But if you're only gonna watch, as ones. we've said many times, it's kind of a nothing burger. Uh, I also will say for a little bit of tie-in that Nicole and I have both talked in our show. Was it in um? the Spider-Man episode, or was it a different episode, about how you cannot 3D print clothing. Clothing is actually one of the things that is completely, like, you cannot automate manufacturing of clothing with current technology. And, like, yes, we're in a far future, so maybe magic. But, um, I mean, they obviously have the replicators for food. But uh, there's a lot of clothing that that's, gets made in this episode. <laughs> well, this is this is. Uh, I mean, we haven't talked about what actually happens in this episode. This is this is like maybe the furthest in the future. I guess other than like maybe yeah, the, fina- the finale of TNG, where they go to like the heat death of the universe. Like, yeah, I, it is one of those that like made me wonder: Are they because go- they've said? Haven't they said that like the next season of Discovery is going to be the last one? Yes. Like, I wonder if they are going to end it in such a way to, like, set this up. Because yeah. it's, it's th- I, th- what confused me about this one is because, like, the ship talks about how, like, I guess to, again, to quickly summarize, it's basically the story of Odysseus and Calypso from the Odyssey. But what it is is that, like, dis- it's just the ship discovery is floating kind of empty in space a thousand years in the future. And this guy kind of, like, is in a wrecked shuttle that gets picked up by the ship and like starts talking to the ship's computer and the ship's computer kind of like falls in love with him and but he still has like a wife on his planet and then she ends up letting him go and he goes back home. Yeah, but the weird thing is that like so what the but like at the end of the second season of Discovery, they go a thousand years into the future and like that's where the third and or when i guess that's when the third and fourth seasons happen is in this like a thousand years in the future so is this then like a thousand more years in the future or like do they end up going back to the past and the ship stays in the future i don't know maybe that's the end of the final season is they make it to their back to their time but the ship doesn't come with them or see this is much more interesting if i knew any of the characters or things in this episode (laughs) none of that had happened yet when this came out though is the thing I don't. But you I at least knew that, it was the discovery. Yeah, that's, yeah I guess that's true. I, I don't think that. Uh, I don't think that they'll go back to the past because, like, they basically when they go to the when they go to the future, they basically have this thing like where like the last like ten minutes of the finale is just a bunch of people being like, and this is why, even though the this first two seasons of Discovery take place ten 
like 10 years before the original series. This is why no one ever mentions Discovery. Like, like there's just like, you have yeah. to, like, there's a bunch of people being like, you have to pretend that the Discovery didn't exist for reasons. Yes. And that's why Spock never mentions that he has a half sister or, or that he has like an adopted sister or things like that, you know? So I don't yeah. think that they'll, I don't think it's they'll be coming back. Uh, it's, it's the, it's the uncharted thing of like losing my sibling was so traumatic. I never brought it up for three games. <laughs> well, it's, it's more like uh, losing my, si- losing my, losing my sister like has to do with like the like if i if i mentioned like, to anyone like what happened to her then like all life in the universe could end <laughs> like it's, uh, yeah it's so funny <laughs> but yeah no i i don't know i thought this was i also just like the you know the, the comp- this i think is one where like the story itself is like has some heart to I it i mean at and- least it has a story <laughs> Yes, yeah. it is a story. There is, this is an episode with a story. Fair. Yes. It Praise also is like, for Star Trek shorts. To be fair, it was a story that was like written by someone else 2,000 years ago. Yeah, but, but it, lots it of, has lots a of Star story. Trek episodes that are about that that are, that are good. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, Star Trek does love the yeah. classics. We know this. Yeah, I, I like this episode. <laughs> I, I will say one other thing I liked about it is kind of like as a point of the comparison is because probably the way that this ties in the most to Discovery is that I think this is the first the first mention of of Zora, the computer, like having its own personality on Discovery, which yeah. becomes like a big plot point. Because that doesn't the... even happen until like the fourth or maybe the third no, season the, the like third it's a season. while before that happens it's the, right it's the third season because it's like it's it's after she merges with the cube that like the the, the cube oh, in the second sure. season so okay. um yeah the computer is like a sentient computer on on discovery and on discovery this computer i find to be extremely annoying uh we we've talked about it at length on the kind of specials but like it's just like a, th- a big thing that like is happens more and more i think over the course of discovery is that like it just really gets into kind of like being obsessed with like uh like therapy speak and like self-care Everyone and needs stuff therapy. and not and not yeah. that i am against that in, in theory i mean i go to therapy i i think it's a good thing but like it just is like there comes a point like in the second or, or in the third or fourth season where like every episode is about like somebody having like unprocessed trauma like and just like that's like all the show becomes about and like even, <laughs> and you're like, like at some point you're just like the the captain should just tell everyone to go to mandated therapy and let's call it a yeah. day right and and then this this, this computer basically <laughs> self actualizes, <laughs> and then just the computer has trauma. Like it's like the computer is just yeah. like. <laughs> That's yeah, amazing. I was about to say the point when the computer has anxiety at the breaking point. That actually, that actually does happen. Like the, at one point, the computer refuses to like make the ship go because it's having an anxiety attack. That's an actual thing that happens on the show. <laughs> that's, and, that's incredible. I love that, and I don't like it. And the, I liked that this. I liked that this. It, it's like the computer is like she's kind of like chilled out a little bit, like so she can have like a normal. She's human she's worked through her problems. You know, yeah, yeah. she's been floating there. That's right. Yeah, right, she's yeah. been floating yeah. there and. Space, you know, she has reached enlightenment. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, done a lot of meditation and self. She had a thousand years to do but, it. Uh, so uh, this is interesting for you to note too, because as I was watching, I was like, this computer is kind of acting strange compared to like other ones. But then I was like, well, but Star Trek has had sentient AI, or like, you know, it has the Doctor in Voyager who is a hologram. So, like, it has played with this. I mean, it's it's very in the canon of Star Trek to play with the idea of a non-human acting human or human isn't even the right word here because like, obviously there's all these other species. So like a non-organic being 
acting mm-hmm. like an with, organic with being. personhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> which is uh, which I I think they usually do a very good job of in these shows. Like, or maybe I'm just a sucker for it, but like, I just think that like they that that's like a, a way that they can really to like use that to talk about like the human experience. And so I enjoyed I enjoyed mm-hmm. that aspect of this one. So uh, yeah. also I I mean I think Brady Brady you and I have a, have also like a special connection with this episode because there is a very commonly pulled character in the Star Trek timelines game that is uh craft like the the character who is oh yeah craft uh, is like one of like the solid like yeah three star guys yeah so yeah. that's a, a, a from a mobile <laughs> this is where he's from, from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah amazing um okay so you want to move on to the third one the brightest star yeah, yeah is a brightest star which this one i guess would be another one that like is very dependent on like two seasons of establishing sort of who saru is and what his like culture on his planet is all about um i was yeah, just mostly is... happy i saw michelle yo at the end yeah yeah, yeah. I, I liked this one. I thought it was... Because it has because... Doug Jones and Michelle Yeoh, who are both incredible. Yeah. yeah. We should explain the plot before we jump in. Basically, like, Saru is on, like, a plant, a pre-war planet, and he's kind of, like, searching for meaning and, like, questioning the kind of sort of religious beliefs of this planet that lead to his people being, like, ritually killed and eaten. Yeah, there's two There's two sentient uh, life forms on... Uh, on is What is the name? Is the planet... Oh, on Kaminar. And one of them... Is, like basically has cultivated a religion where the other where they, they get to eat the 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 race of of beings that is uh that is Saru's race and, and yeah and they also I, they don't really get too much into it in this episode but like part of that is like there is like this there is like a uh kind of like this weird kind of in adulthood period of adolescence that the that the kelpians go through and if they're it's very yeah. painful but if they're allowed to go to it through it they become like really strong and powerful and could easily take out the the other race of of creatures and so the part of the religion of the race of creatures is basically like oh like this is when when you guys start going through this that you, there's it you it just means are, you're about to die it means you're about yeah. to die and so like we might as well eat you. Yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they don't go too much into that in this episode, but they do mention, like, it's called, like, the Vaharai, I think is what it's called. Um, yeah. 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 Um, and then he, like, finds this, like, weird device that's fallen out of space that is apparently, like, a communicator that can only send five letters at a time. <laughs> And he somehow uses that to, like, learn English, I guess, and, like, starts communicating, like, essentially, like, finds, like, sends a message out to Starfleet. Listen, and then listen, they we, got, we got Michelle Yeoh at the end. I don't care yeah, what contrivances Mich- we needed to get her onto the planet. I will accept yeah. them. That's how low Michelle- my bar is for these shorts. She, We got yeah. good Michelle Yeoh, too, because, like, most of the of the discovery, it's, like, it's evil Mirror Universe Michelle Yeoh. Yeah, she gets replaced by Mirror Universe So this is, Michelle this is actually, Yeoh, like, yeah. uh prime universe uh like good person michelle yeah. at the end yeah too. see like um, so i will, I will accept that again yeah. which is the point at which i realized that this was a discovery character i'm watching this whole short like burp, 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 and then michelle yo shows up and i'm like oh he's on discovery and my dad who has watched all of discovery is like yes <laughs> Well, he's he's by far the best character on Discovery. Also, I would I would say like, he's yeah, very good. Yeah, I haven't seen good. Discovery, but I was watching this, going like I recognize that guy, but I don't remember which of the shows he's on. Yeah. yeah well, he's also just like he's fam- famous, weird-looking guy, Doug Jones, who like who is like 
yeah. one of the go-to Hollywood people for like like he's he's the he's the creature yeah, in you need a of monster, Water yeah. and he's in he's like Abe Sapien in the Hellboy movies and stuff. So like if you need like a yeah. a really tall skinny guy to wear a costume, he's like, the like he's the guy. Eyes for hands guy in Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, yeah. Like, He's just any like yeah. But then in Discovery, he gets to have like ongoing character growth and stuff, so you get to see him actually act and yeah. Yeah, um, he's really really good. Yeah. Yep, he's great. So I did like this one because in my mind, as I said, there can be sort of two. So obviously, the purpose of shorts is supposed to be to market something to you, but there can be two purposes of shorts, like artistically. One of them can be to do something weird you couldn't do in the normal scope or style of the show, and one of them can be to give you a piece of the backstory of a character or event that doesn't fit into the show. It's not necessary for the show, but it does help super fans flesh things out. So to me, once I saw Michelle Yeoh, I was like, oh, this is backstory for a character on Discovery. Okay. And the story held together enough for me that I was like, okay, I like this one. And Michelle Yeoh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For, for, That's fair. For me, the thing I didn't, didn't like about it is kind of that exact thing because it's like, this is like one of those things where it's, it's, it's like, uh, it, it's, it's much better than what I'm about to say, but it's like how, like, uh, to talk about Star Wars again, uh, like <laughs> how Star Wars or Solo, a Star Wars story is like a whole, a feature length movie that exists to explain what uh, Han Solo means by completing the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, like, where it's like, we already, like, if you watch Discovery, he's explained basically what happened to him and, like, how he got on the ship. That you could, <laughs> like, you could just say, like, I came from this planet and, like, I was the only, I'm the only one who, like, found out that other space exists and so I can't never go back. But yeah. he says, he says that explicitly, like, they've talked about this on the show, like, and like so, I was just like, yeah, okay, like yeah. I get it, like yeah, yeah, that's very like, fair. I was just like, 15 minutes of like a thing that I already knew, you know, is how I felt about it. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mostly liked it because I like Doug Jones. I mean, I do too. Michelle, yeah. This this one was like right in the middle of the episodes for me. It's like because I didn't, I thought that's it was fair. unnecessary, but like inoffensive, you know. I mean, I I don't know that I'd yeah. say it was great, but it wasn't bad. Yeah, yes. I agree. I and agree the that. acting was very good in this one. Yeah, yeah. I, I did like that. All I mean, the the amount of expressiveness that he's able to get out of this character with that much prosthetics is really impressive. I also will say, this to me would make a lot more sense if I had watched it. I mean, I did watch it before I watched any of Discovery, except the the finale of the first season. <laughs> but this makes more sense as something you watch to get excited about Discovery than it makes sense as something you watch having seen all of Discovery. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, I'm like, yeah, like now I want to like see this character's journey. Yeah, something. I think yeah. that's a good point. This one feels like, okay, I see why this short was yeah. made. But yeah. As opposed to many of these, where I do not see why this short was made. All right, well, so... Yeah. We may be starting to get into the... Well, so yeah, moving no, on I, to the I next, figure I know why The Escape Artist was made. Well, yeah, moving, yeah, moving on to the next episode, oh. which is which is my other... Because uh, like, so, Brightest Star was my number six, and this one's my number five. So these are the two that are like right in the middle for me of like, totally fine, uh-huh. not really, don't really like love them, but don't dislike them either. This this is the, the Escape Artist, which is the episode where you kind of get like... Just, it's just a little short about kind of like, I guess, like what happens to Harry Mudd in between his appearance in the first season of Discovery and 
in you know when he starts appearing on um, the original series. Um, yeah, he's in like well, I think, he's, what, two episodes of season one of Discovery. Two episodes, yeah, and yeah, he's, and he's but he's from the original series. Yeah, like he's from the, the very series. first Star Trek. I like and as soon as he said Harry Mudd, I was like, oh, I know you. You're a con yeah. man. <laughs> <laughs> he's yeah. he's in uh, the animated series oh, as well. Uh, okay, this is where context would have mattered a lot. <laughs> I yeah, he's originally a character. <laughs> yeah, I also put this solidly in the middle at five, and for me, the end really was a good surprise. But I was like, I don't understand. I just assumed um, we were watching it so they could have a cameo for like Rain Wilson. And not because it was a real character I was supposed to know. <laughs> it just seems like famous person wants to be on show, but we can't afford them for the whole thing, is how it read to me. <laughs> that is fair. Yeah. Although I will say, like, if you are at least, like, generally familiar with the original series, Harry Mudd is a uh, pretty recognized. Like, even I was like, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, he's you, one of the okay. He's one of the few characters. He's like a recurring. Yeah. yeah. He's one of the every few, time like, he shows up, you're just like characters on the show. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, whenever he shows up, you're just like, and I feel oh like no. Rain Wilson like somehow is the perfect like he. I feel like does a great job. Yeah. Being yeah. Very much. Well, this also. So I'm just gonna go really out left field. But if you have Paramount Plus already, you should watch a show called The Good Fight. You can watch The Good Wife, but you don't have to ahead of time. But anyway, it's a lawyer show. It's great. But there's a character, because it's t- tied to, but you don't have to watch The Good Wife ahead of time. I'm watching this with my siblings, and there's this lawyer that shows up in one episode, and they're just like, oh, we love her, she's amazing. And I'm like, why are you excited about this preview where they show this other person? And then they were like, we have to show you specifically her episodes from this old thing. So to me, this short seems kind of like, if I had known this name, I would have been like, oh yeah, I'm excited to see this. Well, yeah, if you ever do, if you ever fair. do watch uh, Strange New Worlds, then that they do something similar in the the first season of that where like I think what the second to last episode is like basically like an alternate reality like what would have happened if like something had gone differently with the a, a, a Star Trek original series episode like a, a famous one called Balance of Terror like that's what the whole that's kind of it, okay. it, it's yeah. a little bit yep. like that so they definitely <laughs> like to play in this space yeah. Yeah, which is actually, they've done it multiple times with multiple series and multiple episodes. And it's actually one of the more fun things about Star Trek. The first couple series were very serialized, but then the later series are re- reward you for having more knowledge and they connect back to it. So I'm curious, as people who actually knew who this character was, how did this episode read? I um I think it was fun. It was just kind of fun and silly. I, yeah. I am. Um, to me, it feels like the reason why they really wanted to do this, it seemed, is because... So Harry Mudd's thing in the original series is that he makes androids. Although I think less often of himself and more, he makes a bunch of androids of his wife. or, or like of like Yeah, he makes a lot women. of sexy yeah. women androids. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and he doesn't do that in the two episodes of Discovery that he's on, at least not to my recollection anyway. Maybe you... Mm, yeah. and, and so I think this is kind of them being like, oh, well, this is our chance to like... We can have our version of him do the thing that he's known to do to kind of like have a little bit more connective tissue between like who that character yeah. is. Yeah. It does. Yeah, I feel like, like a little bridge. Of, at least for me sort of called out the like, just how bizarre of a choice it was to have Harry Mudd in discovery. Cause he is this just kind of like over the top kind of silly character. And like season one of discovery is like possibly the darkest season of any Star Trek show ever. Yeah. <laughs> For the most part. And then you just have a couple episodes where Harry Mudd is being like, 
I'm famous con man, Harry Mudd. How dare you put your hands on me? And like, yeah. like really hamming it up. And it just is a little. Yeah, because that's all this, yeah, this episode it's a little, like, is. Totally weird. Is that he gets arrested and he there's like a bounty for him, and then it's kind of just yeah. like him flashing back to all these other times he's tried to like get away, and then at the end the reveal is that it's not actually him. It's one of the many androids of himself that he's been selling to make money off of the bounty, basically. Off of his own bounty, Which yeah. is, like, a fun reveal. Like, Yeah, it, it's a fun reveal, and it also helps it work better because as you're watching him try to talk his way out of this, it's like none of this is going to work, none of this is going to work. And then, obviously, none of it did work. They were all just androids. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, for me, it's like, I thought it was fine. It's, like, fun enough. I, I don't love Rain Wilson in this. I think he's, like, fine, but, like... I don't know. I, I think that, like, a lot of Rain Wilson, I think he's pretty good on The Office, but then, like, a lot of his other stuff kind of falls into, like, his Juno appearance for me, where it's, like, he's just, it's a really, really kind of, like, he has, he's using, like, a lot of affect in a way that, like, it's not really, like, a, it doesn't feel like a real performance as much as a bunch of, like, kind of tricks a little bit to me. So hmm. I think he's, like, fine, but, like, it's not, like, uh, I'm not, like, just super jazzed whenever, like, he shows up or like that character shows up is kind of how I feel about it, you know, but I also like him more than a lot of the characters in discovery who I just genuinely don't like. So, yeah. you know, he is also in like your favorite episode of discovery too. That's true. He, so. yeah, it, yeah. Cause that, that is true. And he is good in that episode. So, so the next one we watch is another divisive one amongst our group, which is the Q and a episode. <laughs> yeah. Basically yeah. it's Spock's first day on the enterprise and he is talking to his boss and they get stuck in an elevator and he, she has told him he needs to ask more questions. So she, he asks a bunch of questions. Is that an appropriate summary yep. of this? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So here's my issue with this. After they've been stuck in the elevator for a while and he's like, yeah, I'm out of questions now. She goes, okay, I have a question for you. When you beamed onto the ship, I thought I saw you smiling, and I don't think I've ever seen a Vulcan smile before. And he was just like, oh, yeah, I guess I did. And she just says, you know, basically, uh, giving you friendly advice, I think that you should express yourself however you want, but if you want to make captain, you kind of have to, like, fit yourself into the buckets they expect you to be in, which is like, oof, brutal, but, like, not necessarily untrue. But then she follows that up by, like, I'll show you my secret self. And she starts... What a choice. She starts <laughs> singing I Am the, the the Major Modern General song. But, like, A, she can only sing it okay. And, B, I'm sitting here in my head saying, so what you're doing, show, is you are equating the struggles of being biracial in a society that is still, despite all of its protestations, the contrary, xenophobic... With being a secret theater kid? Are you kidding me? <laughs> well, I yeah. mean, I think this is... That's fair. That's why you say it, because I, I didn't really look at it that way, but, like, that honestly is very, uh, like, I'm going to say something pretty mean, but, like, that is very on point for, I think, like, the way that, like, the, the, the Discovery Writers Room treats, like... Like, the, the way that they talk about, like, identity and, like, struggles and stuff, where it just seems like... Like again, it's just like I'm sure a lot of the people on who were in the writers, the, the Discovery Writers Room are are like ex theater kids who are like, well, I got bullied, and like that's probably <laughs> yeah, like, that's probably just like, like look, listen, let me tell you yeah. something. I I am also a secret theater kid, but I would never go to someone and be like, listen, buddy, 
I understand. I understand. We're the same. Like you, you struggle with having your foot in two worlds. So do I. I get it. <laughs> it's just like yeah. The other weird thing that I don't know if they had decided it yet at this point, but like in Strange New Worlds, I guess spoilers if you do watch it, like part of like Rebecca Romaine's character's development is that she actually is also kind of living a secret life, like an actual, like like much more significant secret life. Yeah, she is yeah. not the race. Uh, she, she, I think is like passing as human, but she's not human. Uh, she's like, a, yeah, she's actually like kind of like a, she's a race that is like illegal to be in Starfleet basically because of, uh, because she's genetically augmented and like that's outlawed in this time period because of uh, all the stuff with Khan. Like, you're not allowed to be, like, a genetically augmented species and be yeah. in Starfleet. Yeah, and, and uh, like, when she started singing, I was like, is she going to, like, show that, oh, I get it, because, like, I also have some... Like, I'm also trying to pass as one thing, even though I'm not. But again, the, the only thing you're supposed to get is, like, she's trying to pass as a non-theater kid. But in yeah, her she's heart, trying to she's like, a be like kid. tough and serious, and she's actually kind of fun. And it's just, yeah. oh, it was such a choice. <laughs> um, I have a question. Is this the first time we see this actor as Spock? Because this is our third Spock, right? No, if he's he's. I think he's already he'd already appeared um, in in Discovery. Okay. Yes, he was in because this is. This yeah, because these ones are after. Yeah, because he was in season two of Discovery, and like these ones are after that. Yeah. Okay. Because part of why I disliked this, there's a couple reasons I disliked it. I was not as uh, thoughtful as Unical. Mine are more service level, but one of them was it seems like oh we're gonna introduce our new Spock to you because obviously legendary character played extremely well by Leonard Nimoy. Every time you introduce a new one, and then Zachary Quinto did pretty well in the new movies. So every time yeah. you introduce a new one, like it, it has a lot of weight. Uh, I said pretty well. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he was better than this guy, to be fair. I, I, uh, I, yes. I like Ethan Peck more than Based on this though. short alone, really? yeah. I thought this was a terrible introduction for a new Spock. And I I thought this is the point in the shorts at which I was like, oh, these are the ones that are promoting Strange New Worlds. And this yeah. is introducing the new Spock. And it's terrible. This <laughs> poor man is doing a very bad job. At one point, I couldn't tell if he was raising his eyebrow for no reason or they had painted his eyebrows on wrong. Yeah, I was going to be, I was, I was sitting there like, this is a very bad wig. This is a yeah. very bad yeah. wig. Like, this is so obviously a wig that it's like, mmm. And then the the actual episode, the other reason I didn't like it is the whole dynamic between him and his boss is just off and off in a way that did not actually feel intentional, but felt unintentional to me. And so I was like, this is the worst possible way to introduce this character because you have all these fans who have Leonard Nimoy in their minds and then you've shoved this poor child into this terrible short and that's what you're giving us? Like, All right. Well, I mm. I want to mount a little defense for this episode because I, this is my number three. I thought this was like pretty good. Um, yeah. I I which is I'm not saying that you, any of you are wrong, I but I will say that like first of all like I I think that like a little bit of like the Q and A stuff was like a little bit of like a self reflexive kind of poking at like Star Trek fandom in a way that I 
liked because I think that like a lot of Star Trek fans are like pretty pedantic dorks. Like, and I count myself like among those mm-hmm. people in a large degree. But like, you know, he starts asking these questions like, "Has it ever occurred to you that the Prime Directive is not only unethical but also illogical?" <laughs> yeah. And it's like that's that that is them being like they just kind of drop that like, in there. That's, yeah, that's them being like, "Hey, like you guys, c- come that's on, fair. like let's let's this is." Let's just agree to this. I thing, do also, you know, like, I do think my favorite part of the of this one is to see that like even hundreds of years in the future, like people still have the same reaction to being asked, like, "Have you ever thought about like if all of reality is just a simulation?" Yeah, and she and she's just like, "Ugh, please don't." Right, I think I think that's them being that's them being like, "This is what you're like, Pete." You know, Star Trek fans like, uh, and so I that's fair. I like that. that. Is fair. Um, I I also I mean I think that I think that Ethan Peck is fine. I just think that like he and Kinto like it's just like that's an impossible thing to do like like you like you yeah. can't you just yeah. can't do that to anyone's satisfaction i don't think that he's bad it's so hard i just think that he's just like it's like one of the most like iconic performances in western media period like like it like you just can't like there's just nothing you can do about it like you can't recreate that yeah and on the flip side i just i find and this is probably again i think helped by having seen more of the show but like I really like Rebecca Romaine in that role. I just think she's just super charismatic. So I just, I don't know, I just, I just have like positive associations with like seeing her. And then I also just like, we were talking, I think I, this is when I was texting you, uh, Brady, about like the production design. I think that the production design of Strange New Worlds and like the Enterprise like is the best production design in the new, like I love the uniforms and stuff. I love like the color. Yeah, like the ship interior. Yeah, and so I just liked that, like these yeah. two people got to have like this little like two hander in this space that was like not really related to like anything else. I was actually reading a little bit as we were doing the podcast that the reason why this episode was written according to uh, the person, one of the people who worked on it, was that Spock is like kind of like a more like a kind of like a happier like a little bit more like emotional presence in in the menagerie, which is like the original pilot of. Or, or sorry, not, not the, but like is is like the the re, the reworked pilot that was reworked into like an original series uh, two parter with Pike and Number One before the um, before like kind of that's like set like before Kirk ends up captaining the Enterprise and so it's them kind of being like why is he smiling you know when he's on Talos Four and stuff which like not that I need them to have that because I'm not a huge fan of them being like this is why we have to explain this but it's like. I didn't know that, but it's like it's kind of an interesting thing of them being like, okay, we have acknowledged before that like Spock has emotions. Like, this is like kind of maybe a little bit of like, oh, he's kind of been given this advice to tamp this down, like in a way that was like referencing it, but didn't really feel like overly explainy. I don't know. I just thought it was like two actors get to like have a little bit of fun in this like bottle episode. I I just thought it was fine, you know, like. Yeah. Okay. To be clear, I didn't hate this episode. I was just concerned by the fact that they compared being biracial or or by 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 Zeno like, to yeah. being yeah, yeah to being a theater kid. <laughs> theater kid. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. Oh, this is depressing. According to Memory Alpha, this is the first episode in Star Trek history to be scored by a female composer. <laughs> oh wow. No! That's bad. Wow. Um, I also had a question. 
which is just like general Star Trek lore. When they get in the elevator and then they show like an outside where there's like the elevator. I didn't realize any of the ships were that big or had space like that. I don't know. Just geographically, I saw that and I was like, is this real? Like, is that yeah. really what the interior the, the of this section of the Enterprise looks like? usually have, like, over 20 decks. But there was a lot of just empty space around the elevator that they had to, like, rappel down to get, I don't yeah. know. The, um, yeah, I, don't, I think that they've probably been inside of, like, the lift system before. I, it's hard for me to remember, but, but yeah, I'm like, the, remember, yeah. most of the ships are pretty huge. Like, Voyager is by far the smallest one, I think, of, like, the main shows. Which I have um, watched the most of, so. But, um, <laughs> or, or I've watched that's I've watched the most of Voyager and Enterprise, which is also yeah, Enterprise yeah, is also they make the ship feel small, very yeah. small because of budget, I think. Yeah, but like the T T yeah. T and G, like the Enterprise uh, in the T in T and G in particular is like huge. But I think the Enterprise the Enterprise yeah. original series is also supposed to be pretty big. So probably pretty big, yeah. Yeah, well, and that's like this is not me being like this is definitely wrong. This is me being like I did not realize. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. What? yeah. I'm trying to think if we've ever seen like that kind of structure. Yeah. Yeah, but that that was uh that was a fun. I I, I thought it was fun. I, I mean like not like my favorite thing in the world or anything, but I was like, yeah, this is like I'm I'm not not enjoying this. So I, For, I liked it. Look, much, I but, <laughs> okay, but I think what you're saying enjoyed, is totally fair, everybody, you know. Yeah, like I enjoyed the episode, but my bar is extremely low here. So <laughs> this is probably one of my more favorite episodes, but like if given the choice to watch this or any episode of Lower Decks again, I would watch Lower Decks. <laughs> sure. I I honestly, and I might say this from a place of having only seen, again, like five episodes total of the Paramount Plus Star Trek, but I don't think a single episode of the shorts is better than any random episode of the actual Paramount Plus shows. Oh, like, I, don't, I don't agree with you about that. Yeah. <laughs> There's some really bad episodes of the of the uh, Paramount. Okay. Plus. Yeah. <laughs> there uh, are some very bad episodes out there. <laughs> now I will say, moving on yeah. to this is an episode, <laughs> probably the only episode of this that I would just willingly watch again. Like I uh, is the trouble with Edward, which again <laughs> yeah. I think benefits from the context, not from the context of what was going on in the plot of Discovery at this time, but just like in the context of the tone of it. It's so yeah. I, it's such a like jarring. Well, I weird, knew the necessary context difference. here, which is Tribbles. Yeah, I've seen the trouble with Tribbles, and yeah. so I was like, "Oh, I know this part." <laughs> yeah, I yeah. generally liked this. I just had one complaint about it. Does one of you want to summarize it? Well, yeah, it's about this guy uh, named named Edward. Who? Well, it's it's about like there's the character from uh from the Enterprise who I liked her a lot, and I don't think she's actually she's not on Strange New World. Yeah, I don't think she's, she's also, actually from the show. Yeah, but I but she's a, I think she's doing that actress is giving a doing a good job. But it's like this cap this 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 officer from the Enterprise ends up being promoted to the Cabot, which is the science vessel, and then on her like first day as captain, she starts dealing with this weird science officer with named, Edward named Edward who. <laughs> who uh, is experimenting with if, if Tribbles can be bred as, like, a viable food source. Yes. yes. And then he kind of reveals, like, a very uh, concerning lack of concern about... A, a very concerning lack of concern about, like, the potential sentient sentience of of the of the tribbles because he just really likes eating them <laughs> yeah and he's kind of trying to pretend like he doesn't really like eating them but he clearly is very interested in this and then he kind of like gets sent to a different uh 
like science department where he couldn't be responsible for trying to breed and eat troubles, but he still keeps on working on this project and he ends up getting transferred. He He's, he's going to be transferred to another ship, but then before he can, he kind of experiments with the troubles and kind of turns the troubles into like the the really hyper-breeding uh, species that you end up seeing in in The Trouble of Tribbles and Trials and Tribulations and More Tribbles, More Troubles, um, where, like, before they were, they yeah. kind of bred like rabbits, but they weren't breeding at, like, quite the same speed. Uh, and the reason... They weren't being born pregnant. Yeah, yeah. never born pregnant. <laughs> and, he, and, and, like, he does this by, like, spicing them with his own, with his own DNA. And then at the end of the, of the ship, like, the ship is literally destroyed <laughs> and he dies um, because, like, it gets so full of, of troubles that, like, it can't be contained anymore. Um and yeah. then also at the end, I don't know if you picked it up on the screen. And then there's the post credit sequence. Oh my Well, God. I didn't see I didn't see the post credit sequence. It wasn't post credits, was it? When she's in front of the board, is there a separate? No, there's a. You guys, none, did any of you see the no, post credit sequence? Go back and watch no, it no. Oh, this is what I thought. Like it's so the post credit sequence is it's like a like it's a breakfast cereal commercial. For Tribbles. Oh, man. <laughs> and it's like this little, like, it's these two kids at the ta- breakfast table, and the mom, like, brings this, like, cardboard box and starts pouring, like, actual, like, furry little Tribbles out of it. And they're okay. like, we love Tribbles. Oh, now, it's like, now I have it's to watch this. Like, oh, my goodness. And it's, like, now containing, like, 100% more human DNA. Like, it's got Edward in it. Oh, man. I got to watch it. <laughs> and they're like, that's they're a- like, you know, Tribbles come in three flavors. Original, like, f- extra furry, and Cool Ranch. Oh man, got, <laughs> it's like it's funny, but it's it. so bizarre. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> I generally liked the trouble with Edward. My main problem with this short is that the young woman who gets transferred as the new manager is actually bad at managing in the like two times we see her managing. And so I'm like, yes, Edward is being unreasonable. He is being too precious about his research. He is a total wild card and not not anyone I would want to work with. But you are a bad manager. And that was frustrating to me because I felt like it undercut some of it. But generally, in terms of like an origin story for the Tribbles, two thumbs up, enjoyed that. <laughs> well, I want to come back. I think that's interesting. But I, 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 the other thing I just wanted to say about like the like the kind of the lore implications of this episode is, I, I, oh, I'm yes. guessing Brady, you probably picked up on this. But like at the end, they mentioned that like the Tribbles are now like headed into Klingon, like they are Klingon heading into Klingon space, space. and like yeah. that's a big thing later on in the show is that the basically the tri- the Tribbles like became like an environmental hazard for the Klingons, and so like. Klingons actually ended up like basically doing one of those things like where they do like in Australia sometimes where they have to like just allow people to like hunt dingoes or whatever like to get to like just like yeah they're like like, invasive species (laughs) triple killing (laughs) and like uh Worf like hates hates tribbles uh you know and and there's even like a genetically modified tribble that's um in the season three of of Picard and like it's it's it's, again like this this joke about like how much he hates them and stuff so that's like a little bit of a well also it's canon that tribbles are racist against Klingons yeah, that's like the major plot point of yeah. the yeah, Tribbles. That's true. Yeah, every time they see a Klingon, they kind of like, they raise their hack. They go like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's just so much weirder than like anything I was expecting. <laughs> just in tone and like, it. this one I think even more than like Rain Wilson as Mud just feels like H. John Benjamin just like came in and like wanted to be this character and just play it the way he wanted to. Well, yeah, so I... 
Kaylin, I want to hear what you were going to say though about like Lucero being a bad a bad manager. Yeah, just the so <laughs> helpful to know. I have never been a manager, but I am a frequent reader of the Ask a Manager blog. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When she comes in and she gets everyone sort of like little presentation and then just the way that she reassigns him to geography and the way that she handles that, the way that she then handles, like, I don't think that she should have just let him run with the tribbles, but she basically is like very clearly like your skills don't matter. She doesn't finesse it in any way. She doesn't talk to him about what he's doing wrong and very clearly make it like you have to stop doing this or you will be transferred. Just like there's nothing about her management style that shows me she has experience or that she's actually good at this, which makes me question why she's been given this job. Hmm. I And I think she needs to come in and actually be good at her job. I mean, I mean to be fair, it's a short. So <laughs> I will give them, I will give them yeah. some leeway for like, I don't know that well, they even had time to establish a lot of that. And I will say, I don't think Edward would have listened. I think Edward is unfixable as an employee, but I think it would be better if they show her coming in being like, okay, I don't think, I think we should shelve that project, like, but let's really talk about like what you want to do. Or like when he comes to her again, there's a second scene where she's like talking to him about the transfer and he's just, oh no, not the transfer. She's talking to him about like these anonymous complaints came in and like yeah. that's not handled very well. I think she could have been shown as a good manager and he still could have gone off the rails and the short still would have been funny, but it would have worked more. Mm. That's funny. I, I I am a, I am a manager uh, and uh, the, I, I think that like, maybe I would have handled like the first interaction between them differently where it's like, I would have probably rather than like reassigning him in front of a group of people, which I think is pretty embarrassing. Like, even though she was trying to do it in like a no big deal way, like I would have maybe tried to like handle that differently. But I think that like, if you're writing a bunch of like emails to like, to my boss being like, hey, like, this person's dumb. And, like, obviously he's also, you know, like, there's the scene where he's, like, spreading rumors about her, like, on the ship and stuff. I think that's, like, to me, it's, like, that's totally fine. to be like, hey, like, we're going to transfer you somewhere else. I think it's okay to, like, kind of be like, all right, this is not going to be, like, a fruitful thing. And she's not even firing him. She's, he's, she's just transferring him, like, somewhere else. I think that's... I don't think the transfer is bad. I think, firstly, I think she should have come into that meeting having already figured out what people's subject of expertise or what project they were working on was. She should not be surprised by the Tribbles project. Like, that's bad management. And then I don't think the transfer is bad. I think the way she explains the transfer is bad. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I I don't. I mean, this, Kaylin, I will say, I will push back that I think that meeting was like, I am literally seeing this team for the first time. And it depends on your internal documentation as to, like, yeah. how good people yeah, are. Yeah, I'm not sure the Tribbles was an official project. Yeah, like, I, would be, like, I wouldn't be surprised if she's point. like, yeah, I think I, like, I've looked over some of the documentations. I don't have no idea what this Edwards guy is working on or if he's part of a team. So I guess I'll just ask him in that meeting. He does meeting. give very, like, like, Milton in office space vibes. <laughs> just, like, everyone is just like, yeah, he, I don't, no one knows that why he's here (laughs) it's possible he was never actually hired yeah yeah i don't actually think her being a better manager could have fixed him as an employee i think he like at one point she or someone says i don't really know how you got to here or why you're here and i was like i do yeah i assume nepotism (laughs) i I get what you're saying though that just like to kind of be more fair to her character is like presenting her as more competent right i think it undercuts her competency that the only examples we see of her management aren't actually good yeah i mean i thought she was fine but you know yeah i i kind of did too but 
I I I, st- I found that actor to be somewhat charismatic too. I just I liked her presence, but she seems um, cool. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I just wanted to say okay. like the reason I liked this episode much is that like it's tonally so different for like this era of Star Trek where it is like yes. weird and mean and like dark, but like not in like a like we're going to like all process our un our like our unprocessed trauma, but it's like <laughs> kind of like joking about like some of these things in a way that just like. Star Trek in general, but especially like this this period of the show does not really uh, get into very much. Like, and so I just found it like very like refreshing for like them to like have this different approach to it. And again, like something that like it it feels like I like the episodes where it feels like they're kind of taking the piss a little bit out of whatever, like out of out of like the way that they handle these kinds of topics on the show itself. Like where it's like I don't know, like, I. I it's. It, it probably f- sounds a little weird for me to say this, if, you know, for you guys not having seen a ton of like the new stuff, but like, because it's like I do believe that everyone is everyone is valid or whatever. But like when when the when the show is like so 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 like focused in on like these kind of like validation narratives and and like, you know, everyone kind of like, you know, like kind of like ther- therapy speak as like kind of like. Uh, a way to prioritize the self over, over like, uh, you know, any other concern and things like that. Like, I just think it's, I think I, I found it very like, kind of like fun and funny for them to be like, no, this guy is like kind of irredeemably weird. And like, and then for it to, he just sucks. Yeah, and then, and then for it, cause some people do just kind of suck. Like, and, and, uh, and then for it to end with him, dying because like triples have like it goes so far where like the triples like yeah. actually explode the ship like i just found <laughs> it to be like so kind of just like weird and messed up like i found that to just be like kind of delightful to watch honestly i did love how he's like you just don't appreciate my projects and you think i'm dumb and she's like i literally never said that yeah. you said i was dumb i don't know where you're getting this from yeah and you have to move yeah. or you're going to die yeah yeah, and it's like a good little kicker in the end when they have her before the council and they're like, oh, you lost a ship and you lost a person and what's your explanation? And she's like, well, he was dumb. <laughs> I mean, and, and then also like the, um, even just like the reveal that like the reason why they've become more uh, they they, beca- they produce more is that is that he added his own DNA. So now there's also like a level of like cannibalism in eating them too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I also will say like, there's a tiny little part at the beginning where I think it's Pike is like, oh, we're excited that you're going off for this new assignment, but hey, like not everything is like roses all the time and you're going to have to learn that. And she's like, no, everything's always great. So I guess they do hint that like, she's not prepared to deal with Edward. Yeah. I don't know. I, I hope yeah. she didn't get permanently demoted for that because it wasn't really her fault. Like it uh, wasn't her fault. He was. Well, just you said that she's dumb. not actually on Strange New Horizons, no, she's not, right? Yeah, she's not on. Yeah, this no, is the only never... thing she's ever so, in. Yeah. Yeah. See, I thought this was explaining why she had to come back to Strange New Horizons, but apparently yeah. it's not. So yeah. I looked her up actually because I was like, I like her, and I was like, I don't remember her being on the show. And then she, yeah. this is the the only thing she's ever been on. Is this? So yeah, I this actually liked her as a character. One, I kind of wonder if they were like. Both, yeah, both this one and then, like, the, the next one. I wonder if they, at some point, did intend for these characters to, like, be on the show. And then, because of the weird production schedule... Yeah. They got other they jobs. never being on it, but... I actually joined on time this time. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so, moving on to uh, the next episode, which is uh, Ask Not. Which I, I thought was, like, fine. I think I liked it 
a little bit less than you guys did, just because I think that this is like what happens in this episode is kind of like an irredeemably screwed up thing to do to someone. And I don't think it's just, yeah, it Caitlin, really Caitlin, you were complaining about her management style, but I got to the end of this episode and was literally <laughs> screaming. What? Yeah, I was like, this is an irredeemably unethical thing to do to someone. And there's no reason. It what? Like, I, I called it pretty quickly, but I was also confused as to how she didn't realize it was a test because, like, was she on no, an no, actual no. ship when no, all this happened? No, but Caitlin, not only was oh, she, sorry, we should explain what she this is. on an actual <laughs> ship, but she had been actually fired. Like, like she, or she had been actually, like, not hired specifically to put her into this situation to cause her emotion. Like... Yeah. This is like, yeah. you want to talk about needing to go okay. to therapy? Yeah. My God! Let's explain how even though this is not supposed to be, Star Trek is not supposed to be a dystopian world where secretly the um, powers that be are evil. Sometimes they do stuff like this. Yeah. Which is pretty bad. But there, but this is not, it's real this is not, it is real messed up. This is not portrayed as being evil, though, in the context of the show, even though it definitely is. Uh, but, right. um... Yeah. This is, yeah, basically, like, there's this uh, person who is another person who is not on uh, not on Strange New Worlds, but uh, what is her name? Uh, uh, Sidhu, uh, Cadet Sidhu is her name, and she's, like, on uh, a star base, and then there's, like, a yellow alert, and then someone brings in, wearing, like, a very cool, uh, like, like, futuristic, like, full, full, full head mask, uh, like it, it, incarcerated yeah. is uh, is Captain Pike, um, who I think I, at this point I just texted Brady. Anson Mount is so handsome because he is. Um, but uh, the uh, and and he has been arrested for something. Uh, I don't even remember. Like I think he's arrested for like for like mutiny yeah, reason. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and because um, like he was disobeying like the admiral's orders. Yeah, and they, they just tell they just tell her like leave him here. Like, 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 you know, don't let him do anything, and like, like, yeah, you're, on, you're like, guarding him. Guard duty now. And then he's yeah. just like, "Hey, I've been wrongfully accused, and I have to, like, I need to like, do something to save this thing, and and this is this is what happened, and and like also, and yeah. she's like, oh, and your husband, and they make it like personal for yeah. her too, because yeah, it's like the ship that her husband is on. Um, and it's also like the is people being that attacked. Are attacked people who killed her parents. Yeah, but yeah, being attacked by a species them. of aliens that also killed her. Fa- like she and her husband yeah. were the only survivors of another attack from these species, and it's just like. Yeah, and so he's like, "You have to like help me take over the ship so that we can destroy them." But the admiral saying we can't, and she has to be like, "No, I have to like follow regulation, and you're a prisoner, and you have no like authority anymore." Yeah. And he both appeals to her emotionally, and they quote like Star Trek code at each yeah. other. Yeah. And then at the end, like she basically, she's like, "No, you can't do it." She points a, a phaser at him and says, "Like you got to stop." And then, then he's like, "All right, you passed." And like, and like, do you yeah. want a job? <laughs> it was all just a test to see like how good of an officer you would be. And, and like, also, I was like, the, the Enterprise now. Yeah. Don't release him until someone else comes in and confirms that he's not lying to you. Yeah, like, I was say it is just kind of, it is just kind of a like that. It does seem like it's just like he says it was all a test, and she's like, "Oh, okay." Yeah, I will put down the gun now. And I just like, and then yeah. afterwards she's like, "Oh, okay, I'm so excited to serve on the Enterprise." I'm like, I would not be. Yeah, he, I, yeah. I would be sitting there it's like, so you know what? 
actually, I'm good. I'm, yeah. I'm actually real Yo, cool. You, where people, I am. you well, people are so messed up. And the, and the, I also didn't like. Well, it. I have a question too about this. Like, obviously, the Enterprise under Pike and uh, uh, and not under Pike has like emotional resonance with Star Trek fans. But I was not under the impression that the Enterprise was like super special amongst it's, Star Trek. No, it, it, it is whole. because like, the Enterprise okay, okay. is like a state of the art. Like it's it's. A state-of-the-art, brand-new science vessel at this point. Okay. So, like, it would okay. be a very prestigious position to get assigned to. Gotcha. But also, at that and point, it'd be like, screw you, psycho. Okay, you know what? <laughs> well, and her husband is on the Enterprise. So, which, <sighs> at that point, I was like, I feel like this is not good Starfleet policy to separate couples into assignments where they won't see each other for, like, 15 years at a time. Like... Uh, five so, five years. Yeah. I I I'm not like. So like I didn't figure out it. I I did know that there was something off because like Pike basically uh, appealing to xenophobia is not something Pike would do. Right. Yeah. So like there was something. Oh, I off guessed about almost Pike. immediately that it was a test. But like it it was so messed up. Like. Caitlin, I can't believe you're like, this woman was a bad manager. Pike shouldn't be commanding a spaceship if he has well, to traumatize wait. employees before Firstly, hiring them. I actually, I actually didn't think Pike designed this test. Um, yeah. And I he also, again, with it. no, well, yeah, it's, it's, he's, it, he's the captain of the ship, they say, Caitlin. They say in the episode that it's number, it was number one's idea. So she's the, I, she's I the don't first care. Officer, yeah. He's the freaking captain. I, I also know this is a psychotic thing to do to a woman. Because I almost immediately clocked that this was a test, I don't think I fully processed the fact that they literally were like, you didn't get a job on the Enterprise, go work on this other ship for six months, and then they tested her. Yes. And so I wasn't thinking about it in that context. I was just like, how did she not know this is a test? Isn't she still in school? The timeline (laughs) of this is she applied for a job with her husband. They denied her. They signed her to a different ship. She works on that ship for multiple months. She hasn't seen her husband in months. And then all of a sudden, Captain Pike is like, Oh no! I've been wrongfully accused. You need to let me go because your husband is in danger. So that I can a, save your husband. Yeah, yeah. From a group quick, of aliens that almost killed you and your husband before. I want a quick. I want a quick issue <laughs> uh, uh, correction. It, here, her husband is not working on the Enterprise. Her husband works on the boat. Yeah. So her husband. Yes. Yeah. I think they still don't get to. Yeah, work Yeah, they together, still don't get to work together. That's true. Her husband is working on the ship that is allegedly under attack right, yeah. by the same group of aliens that murdered, oh, that killed right, every the Enterprise. Went went to yeah, that killed everyone but her and her husband. Like she and her husband were also the sole survivors from an a group a, 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 an attack from the same group of aliens. So then he's like, "Let me help you save your husband from these aliens that almost killed you before. That would be poetic justice." And she's like, "No, I got." do what's right he knew the risk going into it and then he's like you pass guess what you're still not assigned with your husband uh no. okay yeah i misread that so, like because that's bad this is so, bad starfleet policy like, so <laughs> the the i also think that like just kind of philosophically this kind of goes against like it's like one of those things where like star trek has a very kind of like schizophrenic relationship with with like its own regulations where it's like, you know, Brady and I just finished watching Picard, which like the whole premise of Picard is basically around like needing to disobey the Starfleet, the Starfleet uh, regulations, basically because like a really charismatic, cool captain who people like tells you to like. And so it's like, yeah. and it's like, I know that there, there's like many episodes of like every Star Trek show 
where it's like they have to talk about how the rules are important, but then also like how sometimes you got to break the rules. And it's like, I mean, there's a whole movie that's called Insurrection, and that's a good thing, right? Yeah, and and so it's like it is this funny thing too of like, like there are definitely episodes where like Pike would be wrongfully accused and then someone has to believe in him instead of in like the system. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's, I was thinking about that too. as well. Like this is something that comes up frequently in like every single series of Star Trek that someone is like, Oh no, my officer has been replaced by mirror universe duplicates and yeah. they put me in here unjustly. You gotta let me yeah, out. You have to believe me. So like there's an I'm added complication of all this, but just like, like literally bringing up everything that would traumatize this woman to see if she has the metal to keep the captain in the brig. It's like, I'm sorry. The odds of all of these events coinciding together are so astronomically low that if what you're really worried about is if this woman would somehow end up in this exact situation, would break under having like this group of aliens who almost murdered her and her husband, almost murder her husband again. Like, I don't know what to tell you, man. People are going to break sometimes. Yeah. Like, everyone has their yeah. tipping points. I I mean, and that's a really good point, too, that, like, so many times Star Trek relies on people trusting each other over the regulations mm. that it, really it's a little point. interesting. All that said, I still probably – I think I put this as, like, number four or something just because I like I like, oh, like yeah. Anson Mount and I – like the aesthetic and whatever, like like I don't know. It, it I was like, this is. Like it didn't a- look like trash. It's just everyone acted like a trash garbage person <laughs> yeah, yeah. in it. I mean, yeah. I, I, but because I, yeah. I mean, I'll say like my the bottom of my the bottom of my list is very clogged up with the next three episodes. Like you know, so. Oh gosh. Uh, so yeah, the next one, uh, Ephraim and Dot, which I I know, Caitlin, you liked this one. I think a lot more than every. Than was Ephraim and else. Dot next I for think, you? I think uh, Girl Who Made the Stars. Oh. Was next. Girl you're right, you're right, sorry, next. my bad. Yes, yeah, so a girl in the stars next. Yep. Yeah, this one, I, I was just like, okay, like, what, what, what is this? Like, okay, so a few things. One, the animation was bad. Yeah. People didn't have facial expressions. Wait, we should explain what it is. Oh yeah. So it's, yeah, Michael Burnham, the main character in Discovery. It's like when she was a kid. As yeah. a child. When she was a, a child, or it, it might not be her, but I assume it is because how many girls are named Michael? Uh, it, she's a girl is, named Michael, and yeah, she's black. Yeah. So yeah. it's Michael. <laughs> and it's also the same, like, actor who was her dad in, like, one flashback oh, yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. In, so, um, anyway. In Discovery. She's yeah. on a star base, and she's like, I'm afraid of being in space. What if we get, what if we disappear or whatever? And then her dad's like, well, let me tell you a story. What and she's space? afraid of the dark. Yeah. yeah. Her dad's like, what if I tell you a story about, like, in Africa, uh, like, a, like, a fable about, like, the girl who made the stars, and then it's just like this little story about this girl who like went on an adventure and found like a a spirit who gave yeah, her but, stars, and then that's the. But it's, it's but it's definitely like an alien. It's an alien from sp- yeah. this is the yeah. weird thing for this one that like didn't track for me because it's like it's set as kind of this like you know like old folk tale about like you know the world was in darkness and then like this girl like discovered the stars and that's why there are now stars in the sky. But then she was given the stars by an alien from space. Yeah. Who, like, got in their spaceship and flew away. And it's, like, this weird, like, attempt to combine a folktale with Star Trek that then, like, makes the whole thing not make sense. Because if there weren't stars, where did the alien come from? You know of the folktales that end with an alien from space coming down to solve your problem, Deus Ex Machina? You know all those folktales? Well, also, like... (laughs) 
It's, I don't know. Who cares? Like, why are we supposed to be inspired by this? Like, it's just like she at the end. She's just it, like, oh, her, the light was inside of her, and I was like, what does that mean? Like, this is nothing. Like, this is just the the other thing that really bothered me in this episode is that like they established or like, hey, this is an old folktale from Africa, and I'm like. Cool. So you're engaging now in colorism because all of these characters have very, very light skin for this being an old folktale from Africa. Well, also, it's just like that thing that so much uh, like otherwise well-meaning or not even well-meaning, but just like otherwise like well or neutral meaning media can do where it's just like Africa, you know, the whole place. It's all one thing. Like, yeah. You know the it's whole all, continent? Everyone in Africa is yeah. the same. You know you know that folktale that is well known among all of the indigenous like, peoples uh, of the a continent? The second largest continent in the <laughs> world. Yeah. 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 It's, there is also an aspect of it. it. I mean, it really feels like a transparent ploy to be like inspiring and I I, this is why I thought maybe this one is like it's obviously Discovery tied in because of Michael, but maybe it's also supposed to be promoting Prodigy because it had some similar like more s- obvious digital animation aspects to yeah. it. But I mean, I I have to admit here that I actually have a sister named Michael. So when I found out there was a female Michael in Star yeah. Trek, it just like made my whole ever. So automatically things with Michael in them get higher points. But this is like so skippable. This is just like it it's just like uh vaguely vaguely slightly racist in how it portrays this myth and also the myth is a big nothing burger. Yeah, it's just, so it's boring yeah. and I, I the lesson of it is not interesting or inspiring and yeah I I it, the the animation is not good. Yeah. Yeah, and it it, it it just made me think too about like whenever I see this kind of thing where like Africa is a place it reminds me of like uh, you know, like 10, 10, think- 10, 12 years ago, like DC Comics, like did this thing called like Batman Incorporated, where like Batman decides to like go out and sort of like franchise the Bratman- Batman ba- brand to like kind of like have crime fighters around the world and stuff. And there is a character named Batwing, where and he is the Batman of Africa, and I'm and it's just like oh, so yeah. so, so they have like Batman, the, they have like the Batman of Gotham, yeah, Batman, oh, no. like one city, Batman's in charge of a city, and then this guy is the, the, the Batman of a whole continent, like of like oh, all no. of Africa. Yeah. So uh, that's just that's what it made me think of is ba- Batman uh, of Africa. <laughs> That's really funny. All right, so moving on, I think we can we can that that was enough on that one. Um, uh, so the next one is uh, Ephraim and Dot, which I think is like this one's weird. Like like I, uh, uh, like uh, I don't know what they were trying it, to do here, and I don't think that anyone knows what a tardigrade is. So that's cool. This is it's, okay, okay, Nicole. Apparently, tardigrades are in the new Paramount Plus yes, yes, Star Trek series, and they're not Discovery. real tardigrades. They're this. Well, kind of. So it's yeah, it's, it's this like space <laughs> alien that looks like a tardigrade, but is big and has. I was many so confused teeth. because I was sitting Let's there. Let's just like, quickly explain. Tardigrades are a real thing. Yeah, yeah. they are. Uh, They're like, like microscopic. Microscopic. Right? Yeah. And this does look like a real tardigrade, but it's huge. Well, this is the thing that's it's so huge. strange is that there is a tardigrade in a big tardigrade in um in Discovery season one, but it is not it's actually a lot bigger than the one that's in this show. <laughs> like uh yeah. yeah, it's like like large dog. No, it's bigger. I think it's like thing. bigger than a human being, I think. Like uh this this yeah. one is like yeah, this one is like a I don't know. It's like what, like the size of like, like a, a really small dog. Do they ever, like, I guess they never. Yeah, they never really give like a sense of scale. But yeah. Yeah, 
So this, well, no, they kind of do. It seemed like it was at least the size of maybe like a rat and maybe the size yeah. of a cat, but not that's accurate. bigger yeah. than that. And, and this is like, it starts out as like a, like a, like, like a, a parody of like an old, like kind of science, like science video you'd show in like a middle school in the 1970s. Mm-hmm. About, yeah. But then it becomes like a classic animated like Looney Tunes Tom and Jerry Chase like, like Looney Tunes and the style. animation is bad Tom and Jerry Roadrunner Wiley Coyote any of those yeah. Yeah, the animation and then sucks. like mean and then, yeah. and then and meanwhile like clips of the Star Trek the original series are like happening oh, in yeah, the background this, this is what really yeah. confused me too is they kept showing things from the original series that are from very different that happened over the course of like Seasons. Several years. Yeah. Several years. And so I'm like, how long the is last this thing tournament is from, like, chasing going on? Yeah, I know. It's, I was thinking the same thing where it's like, because at first it was like they're showing like Khan in, in bed and they're like waking up. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, so is this going to be happening like in the background of, of Space Seed? And then it's like, oh, of, no, because like, the next episode, one, it's like, yeah. the next one, it's actually from an episode that takes place earlier. Because I think the next episode, yes. it's, yeah. it's from, uh, yeah, because it's the, the naked, naked time, time, which is like the ninth yes. episode of the show or something. <laughs> Okay, this is where not having context helped me a lot, because I didn't catch any of that. I just saw the Tom and Jerry kind of thing. The tardigrade is the little science clip is explaining blah, blah, tardigrades laying our eggs, blah, blah. And then this tardigrade lays its eggs in a ship, but the, like, ship sentient robot thing just sees the tardigrade as an intruder and tries to get rid of it. But then the tardigrade keeps trying to come back to get to its eggs. Because its eggs are there, yeah. And in the end, like, the robot is so fixated in the tardigrade that when, like, the ship is falling apart because it's, like, on fire, it's only focused on the tardigrade. So, yeah, because the yeah. ship ends up blowing up. So, in the search for so, Spock, yeah, which so, yeah, is, yeah, like, in the 10 or 20 years yeah. later. <laughs> right. So, yeah, it's like, has, so. how long has this taken place, like, over, like... Uh, uh, I can actually look that up. Actually, let's let's. I'm gonna look up the naked time. I can look up the start date. I'm gonna look up the start date yeah. of search for, uh, of uh, of the search. For yeah. Spot. So I hated this episode because I thought it was bad. <laughs> yeah. The 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 animation is like legit horrible. Now I say both both of these episodes are like like this one is is worse than the girl who made the stars. This is short. But like, but all these episodes though, they really they're giving me like. They're they're worse they're worse animation quality slightly than um, Prodigy, which is just kind of like general like Nickelodeon style like not very good 3D kids animation. They reminded me more of like uh, all of like the DreamWorks. Uh, show. I, mean, I have a couple of kids, and so like I just see this stuff sometimes. Like the DreamWorks stuff that is um, that that like is on Netflix, where it's like when they make like a Boss Baby TV show or a Puss in Boots TV show, where mm-hmm. it's just like. Or the How to Train Your Dragon show. Yeah, where it's just, show. like, really, really, like, cut rate, like you said, kind of, like, Blender-esque stuff, Nicole, like, where it's just very, very, like, ugly, and almost, like, there's a couple of, of scenes in, in like, the the Tardigrade episode, like, where, like, the Tardigrade is, like, going through that pipe that's, like, getting, like, where it's, like, bulging and stuff, where I was, like, this looks like VeggieTales, like, from, from like, the 90s, like, VeggieTales <laughs> stuff. It does, <laughs> we, yeah. like, well, discovered that computers could yeah. animate. And then, the Tardigrade and, like, yeah. the robot are done in a more cel-shaded style, but then all the backgrounds are, like, the cheapest computer yeah. backgrounds. If they made this today, it would be AI backgrounds. Like, that's the level of good. (laughs) But so I think this is where not having context helped me a lot. Because the only context I had was like, this is an extremely classic Looney Tunes style 
chase and like back and forth and it fed even to the point of where the robot is ignoring like the actual bad things going on to keep going after the tardigrade very classic fed into a lot of things i had seen and i know i've been saying over and over that like this wasn't original or that wasn't original and for me to say it was classic and that's why i liked it is very like hypocritical but it was no idea why why you liked it i'm sorry i didn't notice any any star trek stuff in the background i didn't notice the like unbelievably out of order timeline um and i just accepted the terrible animation because it's a short yeah i i, I wanted to yeah. i, I want to i'm actually i am like kind of the target for this kind of thing and that like i like a lot of like that old kind of like the the stuff that that's clearly going for like that style right. but i just yeah. thought it was so poorly executed um by the way so th- so according yeah. to according to my just looking up on memory alpha the the events pr- portrayed in this episode take place over the course of 19 years. Uh, so uh, you see things from ni- 19, sure. 19 in-universe years uh, between like the first thing that you see in this episode and the last thing. Look, I'm going to be honest. They lost me at the moment I realized that the tardigrade wasn't microscopic. Yeah. See, this is where I had the help of, I was watching this with my dad, who has actually watched most, if not all, of the Paramount Plus stuff. And I was like, that tardigrade is giant. And he was like, oh, you clearly haven't seen Discovery or whatever. Yeah. And so I was but like, the oh, these Discovery are apparently. Like, yeah. But they just call it a tardigrade because it looks like <laughs> like what? Yeah. Like it's like the same right. like shape as what a tardigrade looks like. And they're just like, oh, it kind of looks like a tardigrade. This like weird alien thing that we found. Yeah. That is like a plot point in season one for a while. Yeah, but that's the thing I thought was so strange too is that like they're clearly referencing that but then it's not that tardigrade either because it is not the same... It's not it's not the same size and it doesn't really look that much like the tardigrade that's in Discovery either. So I was like, what is... The only only thing that I liked about the tardigrade is that in the next short, the one we just talked about, um, because I watched them out of order... Uh, the little girl is holding a plushie of the tardigrade, and I thought that was cute. Yes, she <laughs> is. Um, I will say, too, Ryan, you're not wrong. Like, of these ten, I was like, ah, this reminds me of Looney Tunes. I kind yeah. of love it. But if you are sitting at home and you're like, I would like to watch Looney Tunes, <laughs> just go on to HBO Max you, you and watch the Looney HBO Max is getting rid of all the Looney Tunes <laughs> stuff because of Discovery. They're the Even the new stuff? I think think uh, i mean like i know like they're getting rid of a lot of the old things um just go to your library website yeah, and yeah. see if they have a collection of looney tunes on dvd yeah. <laughs> but yeah that's that's that one and then i think maybe the consensus i don't know how you feel about this nicole but maybe the, the last episode is maybe our consensus worst episode because it's just nothing <laughs> It's the most, again, like, in a series of ten, like, mostly nothing burgers, this is the most nothing burger. Oh, I was going to say, it does, I think, have the most people in it, but I don't think any of them speak, which is cheaper. <laughs> yeah. There's a little bit of talking at the beginning, uh, like, where the, the two girls oh, are the two adults are, and then talk. the two adults Yeah, they, they're on, like, phone yeah. calls with their parents, yeah. 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 So this Children of Mars... Uh, is essentially like an anti-bullying, the sappiest plotline possible. You see these two girls whose parents are on Mars. One of them is clearly some kind of alien, and the other is a cute little redheaded human, apparently. I think they're different classes because I think their parents have different jobs. Anyway, they go to school and they're like picking on each other back and forth, and then they get in a very long fight for a short. 
in the yeah, hallway before really it gets broken up. Each other. Like, yeah. knockdown, drag out fight. They get put into t- space detention, and which looks surprisingly like real detention, <laughs> except they have TVs. But they are uh, then there's a, a news bulletin. Everyone finds out that Mars has been attacked. Both of their parents have died, and now it unites them together. The end. This is the first thing I watched. Yeah, the end. This is the first thing I watched, and I was like, that sucked. It was so sappy. But then I immediately after watched Ephraim and Dot, and at the end of each short, there's like a preview for the next thing. And the preview for this one was even worse because it was like clips of them bullying each other. And then it was like, what could bring these two together? And I just wanted to barf. It was so bad. (laughs) My son watched this one with me because I was watching this right before we got on the call. and He was watching it. And then he was... I will say the the thing the, the most entertaining thing about this episode for me was that in, during the fight, which he liked because he just likes watching things happen, like he, like, he likes watching like <laughs> violence or like gross stuff, and it's, he was watching that, and then like the the alien uh, girl who what is what species is she? She's a species that you first see for the first time in in I think the new stuff, but uh, so it, it, she's an an acosanum I think is how you say her name, and. Um, she gets punched in the face and then she's, she gets a nosebleed and my son just kind of very quietly is like, whoa, blue blood. Like, <laughs> so, that's adorable. Um, yeah. Th- I mean, this episode just very, I mean, like it is, I, to me, it kind of serves the same purpose that the brightest star does. It's worse than the brightest star, but like, it's like this thing of like, okay, well, Here's like just like another way to portray a thing that they talk about already. They explain already in in the show because this is like the only one that yeah. that ties into Picard. Something that happens like kind of before the events of Picard is that basically like after like 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 there is like this kind of a bunch of fallout that occurs because of the Romulan homeworld getting destroyed, which you see at the beginning of the first JJ from a Star Trek movie. And then like one of those things is that like there are like like a bunch of like synthetic uh, beings like attack and like destroy like this mining operation on on, on Mars and like very unexpectedly. Wait, sorry. Does Picard actually tie into the JJ Abrams it movies? It does. It does. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so is it in the alternate universe that the JJ no, Abrams movies take place no, in? So no. it's like the beginning of the JJ Abrams uh movie oh. takes place in the original series timeline. Yeah, uh, like, that's like right. there's like, and then Spock go like Leonard Nimoy goes goes back in time, thus that's like right. creating a new Doesn't separate timeline. Isn't that also yeah. though from the the tenth Star Trek movie? Because like I thought that was the thing with the tenth Star Trek movie, which was bad, which is like Romulus explodes or like one of the mining colonies explodes on the moon. Like basically, the Romulans have been having a bad time. Their planets keep exploding. <laughs> Yeah, I can't remember now. I, I, it's been a while since I've seen Nemesis. The one, uh, the one with Tom Hardy, who's playing yeah. Picard's evil clone, oh, evil man. Romulan we can't, we can't clone. Talk about this again, but like because we, we just <laughs> talked about it on our special. But like, it's so it's so funny, like how how they do. Where like they're just like, oh man, Tom Hardy looks just like you because he's bald and you're bald. Because he's bald. And they they do that. I won't, we just can't get it too into it. But like they do that again in something very similar to that again in season three of Picard. It's very that's dumb, amazing because um, he does um, not. Okay, look so like they do, it does tie in to Star Trek Ten and J D Abrams question uh, mark. Well, it, um, yeah, not, it, it most the first season mostly ties into the new J D Abrams one. There is actually a fair amount of tie in in. 
season three of Picard to to Nemesis, but it's in a different way. Um, not a lot. Of I mean, Nemesis is a bad movie, so like I don't blame them for not. It, yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. Like the amount of times that they say the name, they mention the character before in in season in, in Picard <laughs> is like very surprising, g- given how poorly that movie was received. But you know, it's anyway. not a good movie. Also, it's also interesting to me that this is specifically tied to Picard because I don't think of Picard as being a kids show that you would watch with your children. I it's don't know if that's not. valid or it's not. I haven't no, seen it. No, it is not. <laughs> but this short feels very aimed at children. I feel like it's very Does aimed it, I don't, at, I think it's very aimed at people I, our age because to me the movie is basically just like 9/11, huh? Nostalgia bomb? No, it's no, it's like 9/11. It's just them oh. being like it's just Where them being like, what if 9/11 thing, yeah. happened in Star Trek? Like, like, is, what that's if 9/11, feels... but it was on Mars? Right. That's very yeah. much how it felt to me. It was just that like, these guys are living their lives, and then like 9/11 happens, then you realize that like you actually need to unite or whatever. Like, like, like that's. It's yeah. It, yeah, it was just and so I guess weird. I do get that connection, but the problem for me as an adult watching this is that. Battlestar Galactica did it better. Like, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also, Battlestar Galactica never had to do it in 15 minutes or whatever the length of this short was. Well, but, but, but uh, I mean, I think there's probably a better way. You, I think it's only like eight minutes long. I think there is probably like a better way you could have done this too, which is like to not play Heroes by David Bowie over the, like, just what is, this just, it's just nothing. And it's like the, I don't know. I just. This, it turns out that. That telling stories in a short format is an art. It is a skill skill that the writers of these shorts did not possess. (laughs) I, two questions. Firstly, did any of you think there was anything redeeming about this particular short that we have not discussed and we need to mention? Uh, No, not really. No, no. This one, I think as like possibly more than anyone, like I don't understand why it existed. It was about nothing. It was just like children are mean, and then yeah, Star Trek Picard and, happened. Yeah, and I you guess. didn't need this to hype up Picard because people were so hyped for Picard from the first trailer. Yeah. Like, I mean, it is kind of yeah. like a it's a good it's a good uh, like companion piece to Star Trek Picard in that, like in the first season of Star Trek Picard, nothing happens in it. Um, <laughs> uh, but until the end, Nicole, did like, you have something? Oh, I was gonna say uh, I didn't have racism concerns about this one. <laughs> okay that's fair that's fair <laughs> i was worried a little bit about like class implications and stuff but it was too short to really get into any trouble so i guess i was i was i will say one small positive thing is that like i don't think that we've ever just seen what regular school is like in this in the future like this and so i was like oh that's interesting that they have like a school bus that's like a shuttle oh, and how do you like, get to how do you get to school if you miss the shuttle? <laughs> I mean, I'm assuming that, like, they must just send another well, one. Well, my, like... my other favorite part about that is that, like, so the girl misses the shuttle because the other girl knocks her bag out of her hands, presumably from still being upset over her conversation with her dad not yeah. coming home for, like, the, the warp day or whatever it's called, first contact day. Yeah. And then, like, the shuttle just leaves without her while she's picking up her bag, despite the fact that there are multiple adults, like, standing guard at the shuttle entrance. <laughs> right and they're just, yeah. Like, nobody yeah. even mentioned, like, hey, 
just a sec, we got a kid over here. They're just like, literally watched the shuttle leave while she was picking up her bag. Anyways, what if Star Trek was actually a dystopia, I think is what I got from these shorts. I like, mean, that's, yeah, what I if mean, Star that's, Trek uh, sucks, actually? Unfortunately, like a big, a big part of Picard in particular is like that, which I don't really pull yeah. a lot of truck with. But yeah, but I, I think that, but I was just kind of curious because it's like, I think the only thing I can really think of of like, of like elementary school that you see on these shows otherwise is like some of the stuff in Deep Space Nine, but that's very much like kind of like a frontier school type situation, mm-hmm. like not like a formalized Yeah, thing. just like yeah, kids they, in like a room. Like. They have school sometimes in the next generation, but it's like enterprise school. That's it's true, different. yeah, yeah. 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 Well, and they can use their little pads to path each other notes, but then the teacher apparently can't figure out I where know, the I know, I thought that too. I was like, that's yeah. stupid. That's <laughs> <laughs> the other question I have, because I do think short stories, shorts, like, it is, it takes real talent and skill to make something that actually makes cohesive sense in that time limit and with other constraints like budget. And so I'm kind of curious if, because I think having shorts that tie in, like, Star Wars has, our, has, has some shorts on Disney+, Plus, right? And um, Marvel has some shorts on Disney Plus. Like, are there other shorts you feel like do work because they're doing something different, or because like, but like, okay, reason, I do. Or do they never work? Uh, no, I I will push back. Yeah, because I think like the Star Wars shorts they work mm-hmm. specific. I mean, okay, not all of them work. I think some of them are meh, but like. Yeah. I would say every single one of the uh, Star Wars. What what is the name of their short series? Um, I I don't know. I've actually, uh, despite having been a lifelong big Star Trek or Star Wars guy, I I have kind of tapped out on like all of the every ancillary yeah. So Star the Wars thing. Is, so there's a couple things. One is that these were shorts that were given to like animation studios saying like, hey. You get to make a short, you can do whatever you want, and it's non-canon. Like, the fact that it's not canon allows them to do a lot of things that are much more creative with the shorts. I actually think that these shorts are hampered by the fact that, like, they are tying into um, Star Wars Visions. That's what it's called. Okay. Yes. I remember hearing about, that's the one where, like, they did, like, some that were, like, anime. Yeah, like anime, so, like, they gave like, them all, they gave a lot heard, of them yeah, to, like, that some a- of those are, anime like, really studios. And yeah. so, like, they got to yeah. do more interesting things with the animation style, um, yeah. with the characters, like, there are some really interesting ways that they blend, um, like, Japanese cultural elements with Star Wars, which have always been there from the beginning, like, yeah. Jedi are very much inspired by Japanese samurai, for example, um, but they get to tie that in in ways that are really good and interesting. Every single one of Star Wars Visions is, like, ten times better than the best of these shorts. Like, I would absolutely watch Star Wars Visions again. I would only watch this again if, like, someone was like, I really want to watch these shorts, but I don't want to watch them by myself. I'd be like, I mean, I guess. Uh, I'll keep you company. Yeah, I mean, I haven't watched any uh, Star Wars Visions, but, like, you know, I've watched all of, like, the old, like, the the. Genity uh, Tartovsky, or how do you say his name? Tarkovsky, like Clone Wars show that that was like the, mm-hmm. the 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 anime inspired one before the the original Cartoon yeah, Network yeah. one. And like those are fun. Mm-hmm. Like um and I don't know. I mean like I don't have any truck with like and I've heard like people like what if to like the Marvel what if ones mm-hmm. that they did, which are again like mostly non canonical because that's the, that's the whole idea. It's interesting because and I should say I haven't seen any of them yet. 
But I was like talking to someone who's a big Marvel fan and I was like, yeah, but none of those are canon. And then they tried to argue that like because of the multiverse, they were all canon, but they're <laughs> well, yeah, in different. Like, technically they, it's canon one on of like them Earth 616 or whatever. No, that, yeah, that's actually one of them is apparently like semi-related to the Doctor Strange movie, I believe. Yeah, and Doctor so Strange, it's not okay. it's not canonical, but it is specifically referenced in Doctor Strange. But yeah. I think, again, yeah. the the benefit there is that they are non-canonical like having something where you can be like here here is a segment where you can take an idea and run with it and you don't have to worry about the constraints of this universe is i think what makes those shorts fun and specifically what makes these shorts bad because (laughs) like they have to tie in some way to like picard but they can't do anything that would be too interesting because that needs to be done in picard itself in theory, yeah. at least. Well, it's it's almost like a problem that a lot of the actual Marvel shows have been having is that they are all in some way tying to a movie, but then they can't be so essential that people who only see the yep. movies, especially the ones on Disney+, Plus, where you have to subscribe to a service, you can't even like go to your library or watch them on broadcast television. Like, they have to be, they're tied into the movies, which they really shouldn't have to be, but they are. But then they aren't so important that you have to watch them and that really hampers them. So these shorts are kind of like that. And I think maybe part of the struggle, too, is at least with the Marvel shows, like they're fall shows. Yeah. Um, whereas these shorts, I think because they have to be canonical, they're probably using some of the writers who work on the series. But like some people can write long and short form things. But like short form is so different that it is hard to be good at both of those things. <laughs> And the one thing we have learned from, like, the writers of Star Trek right now is they are not good at, like, conciseness or pacing. Yeah. Except for the, the, except for the lower, lower decks, decks Lower decks. Yeah. Right. But, like, if it takes Picard, like, six episodes to, like, get on a spaceship and leave Earth, right? Like, you're not, like, if it, if you can't do something that simple in, like, six hours, like, you're, you're not going to be able to do any sort of storytelling in nine yeah. minutes. Yeah, that, so. and that is, like, that is like literally is... true. I believe like in the first season of Picard, I do. I think the show is half over before he leaves Earth. Like that. Like it's it's rough. <laughs> it's, yeah. 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 Which actually lower decks are those twenty four minute episodes? Something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I so you know, half hour are, yeah. comedies. Yeah. Um, that team could probably write a good short. Yeah. yeah. I mean, honestly, I think that like the. I think that like the the Strange New Worlds team could probably too because like those episodes are longer, but they're that show is so much less serialized. It's it's so much more like one off episodes than than there's like some through lines, but like it's so much better paced generally speaking. Yeah, than, they are like self contained. Like, Discovery and Picard are, or even even like some of Prodigy, I think is not super well paced, but like yeah. So I don't know, like it's. And I, and again, I think I think I maybe was a little bit more forgiving of these as a whole, like than maybe you guys were, because I do think that like a couple of them I thought were like reasonably well paced, and I liked them. And and like I said, like uh, I, I really I really actually liked uh, Trouble with Edward. Actually, um, so uh, I don't think they were all bad, but like yeah, a lot of them I was I would kind of agree. I'm like, what? Why is this? What? What is this? Why is this? <laughs> why is this here i mean that is that is my response to most of these is why does this exist like yeah i don't know that's a really good question and i don't actually think we've been able to figure it out fully because it's not required viewing for most of star trek except for maybe the the first short episode 
which is referenced in Discovery. It's not used as promotional material for the seasons. Um, the Picard one was, because the part, Picard one actually did come out before Picard, but... Okay, the Picard yeah, one they, like, was... They but- showed, like, because at the end of it, they, like... Mars was attacked, and then they, like, show a picture of Patrick Stewart, and they're like, let's hear what Admiral Picard has to say about it. Okay, so one of them was used as promo material, and it was one of the weaker ones. But again, Um, but, like, I think people, like you said, people were already excited about Picard. Like, Picard promoted itself so much better than, like, however many people actually watched Short Treks. Like yeah. you, they were all, whoever was watching this was already going to be watching Picard. Right, it's and like, like P- most people who didn't were as well. Yeah, Picard. Picard's promotion was Patrick Stewart is in this. Like that's that's kind of mm-hmm. all the promotion you need. Like <laughs> I just I still don't know why these exist. Yeah, I the either, budget they I needed agree. to use up. I don't know. I mean, a, as a completionist though, I am glad that I have finally seen them. Uh, just because like it's <laughs> it's one of the last. That's fair. I I think I only have about like five seasons left of Star Trek that I have not watched, like, period. Um, I don't know. It's, it's nice for me You're to... You're approaching the yeah, end. it's nice for me mm-hmm. to go check something off that I had not seen before. So it's just... In fact, most people haven't seen. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I would love to know, like, what the... I, I was kind of thinking about this, because, like, now, now it feels like we're kind of in, like, the, the, the era where, like, streaming services are kind of contracting and consolidating a little bit again, you know? And... Um, mm-hmm. I, I was kind of like, I wonder if they'll ever take these off the service because these can't get a lot of traffic, you know, because like you seeing like that's a thing that's happening now with like Netflix and HBO and stuff where where like they're starting to pull even like original series off like their own stuff. And yeah. and I was like, oh, yeah, it's probably good that we watch this because I don't know if those will even be on here forever. You yeah. Know? So it probably depends on how the writer strike goes. And whether or not they end up having to pay or whether the current contract involves paying residuals or if these were a one-off you get this for the short and you don't get anything past that so they did a really interesting planet money about things disappearing off hbo max and why they might disappear and residuals was a big big chunk of that and then the other chunk is like westworld was pulled off of hbo max so that they could sell it and get money out of it to a different streaming service rather than continuing to play it for free on a streaming service where it wasn't necessarily gaining new subscribers. Yeah. So it, their kind of conclusion there, which, you know, is based on talking to economists, not necessarily talking to what's his face, my nemesis at the head of discovery was that they'll pull things because they have value somewhere else and they're not currently bringing value to us on our streaming service, or they'll pull it because it, we have to pay residuals for it. So these yeah, have no very... value anywhere else. So it depends on whether or not they have pay residuals. One could even argue that they don't have value where they are. Yeah. <laughs> it's very bleak. I don't know. Like, that's a very bleak vision of the future. But, I, I mean, I, I'm pulling for the writers. I, I you know. And, and honestly, it's a yeah. thing of, like, you know, my, minor league baseball just unionized for the first time. And I was listening to a podcast about it. And they were saying, basically, that, like, this does mean that some players who are kind of like only okay are probably going to get dropped from these teams. Yeah. Which is sad, but like ultimately like if the people who are still there are getting treated better, like that's, you you got to, you got to, you got to like pull for like the health of like the industry and like the workers rather than being like, Oh, Mm -hmm. well I guess like, do we want more people to be, we want people to be treated well rather than like, you know, We'll, we'll, we'll cover a few more people, but, like, they're not going to be treated well. You know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. Is there anything else we want to say about these? I, like I said, I am happy that we talked. We got talking about them together because I think that like it was a cool, a fun way to kind of approach these things with people who have varying levels of like knowledge about like what this stuff is even in reference to. I know. <laughs> All y'all figuring out and being like, what was going on with the timeline behind the tardigrade and the robot? And me just being like, yeah, tardigrade and robot. <laughs> oh, that was supposed to be Star Trek? Yeah. I, mean, even, I think even Brady and I, though, I think I sometimes I had to kind of be like, when was this supposed to have happened with some of with some of the Discovery episodes where, it, you know, kind of just trying. Yeah, to- you did have to go look at like, OK, well, this was between one and two. Like Calypso was the one that messed the most with me of just like, how far in the future is this really? Like, yeah. 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 I will say this is only vaguely related to shorts, but we were all talking about how excited we were to see Academy Award winner Michelle Yeoh pop up in one of these shorts. And I don't know if you all have already talked about this announcement on your podcast. Oh, the movie. Yeah. They just released, I think, the poster for the movie she's going to be in. Yeah. I'm I we talked about this a little bit. We talked about a little bit uh, in our in our Picard special. But so I I might have to actually watch Discovery so I can watch that. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So it's it's. I'm curious about how it will be because I think it could be it could it it could go a lot of different directions. I, I think um, because first of all, like it, if there are any recurring characters, because it's, it's about it's about Section Thirty One, which is for those who are unaware, basically like Starfleet's CIA or like the uh, and uh, Section Thirty One was originally invented for um, uh, DS Nine and. It is treated very appropriately in DS9, which is that the CIA is uh, inherently evil and should not exist. <laughs> like, like it, it. I mean, that, that that's how they treat it in that show, and that is in my. They're like very that, shady. That is, yeah. in my opinion, the correct way to talk about and think about the CIA, generally speaking. Um, mm-hmm. You know, people can disagree, I guess, but that's but but it's a very negative view of it. And then in subsequent appearances of the show uh, of 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 Section Thirty One across the shows. It's kind of been treated a little bit more or less ambiguous in that in that regard, and she kind of is has is has joined Section Thirty One at, at one point in the show, and then like is kind of taken to the future, but then she's sent back to the past, and then uh, presumably is going to start being in Section Thirty One again in the past whenever it is that she ends up like returning to, which I'm guessing is probably going to be in that original Star Trek Discovery timeline, and so. I'm a little bit nervous. I don't. I really don't want like a show about how space CAA is good. Actually, I don't. I, I don't really want to see that. And I also there's another character from Discovery that is in Section Thirty One in the first two seasons of of Discovery who is one of the top five like worst characters, worst main cast members to ever be on any Star Trek show. And so if he's going to be in the show, I also am a lot, in the in the movie. I'm also less interested in that. Like <laughs> worst because like the writing and acting of that character is bad or worst because of like this, what the character genuinely is supposed to do is very really annoying. And b- annoying. Bad, no, bad writing yeah. and performance, I would say, uh, in my opinion. Okay. Yeah. And so like if he's on the, and I, I think originally the show, this was originally pitched as a show and then Michelle. But I think it's a movie yeah, now. And, and, and Michelle, you I think got busy and more expensive because of her success in, in Hollywood. Which good for her, yeah. like, uh, but uh, so I think originally it was going to be like this: the show about Section Thirty One that maybe would have had that character in it and and stuff. And now it's I think it's a little bit more ambiguous as to like what, who else is going to be in it, what's it going to be about, and that kind of a thing. So I don't know. I like Michelle yeah. Yeoh a lot, um, just generally speaking. And so even though like 
the version of her character that is in most of Discovery is like a mirror universe character who I am kind of like so-so on. I think Michelle Yeoh is allowed to commit war crimes as a tree yeah, in Star yeah. Trek. <laughs> so, so I don't know. I'm I'm very curious about it because we'll like, allow it. Uh, <laughs> I I I just don't. I I think that Section Thirty One is a tough. It's a tough hang for a lot of writers, and I think it's a tough hang for I think especially like the people who work on a lot of the new Star Trek stuff, because I think like a, I think a big problem with a lot of the new Star Trek stuff is that it is sort of like. It's it's a very like surfacey level of pro- progressivism where like it's very very like conscious of like like identity issues, but it's less it's a lot less conscious of like class or like foreign policy or like you know American imperialism. Well, issues, it'll you know like it'll unironically have a character comparing their secret musical theater nerd status. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To, to someone being by Zeno and the struggles in that a society yeah. that. Has a lot of microaggressions. Yeah, in a society that <laughs> claims it has gotten over racism, but it has in fact not gotten over racism. It's it's a race blind society. I'm um, making quotation marks. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah exactly. Sense. It's like I, I, it's not it's it, the people who work who like kind of generally speaking run modern day Star Trek. I would not put it past them to like kind of girl bossify the CIA. Like, and that's, that's kind of my ultimate, that's my, fair. my biggest concern about it. Um, but I like Michelle Yeoh a lot. And, and so, you know, I'll watch it. I mean, I watch anyway, cause I watch all the Star Trek things. But. I mean, like on the <laughs> one hand, I don't want them to girl bossify the CIA because like that would be bad, but yeah, I could totally see them doing something like that. On the other hand, I do want to see Michelle Yeoh be a girl boss in the CIA, <laughs> even if she's committing war crimes, because it would just be entertaining. But what if she? But what if she well, was a girl boss who like fought against Section Thirty One? Like, see, that, that's, that what like, right, yeah. that's what it's I want. That's what I want. It's a difference. Yeah. I wonder. It's a, it's a difference if the girl boss is being is having their eyes open to the fact that like actually the thing they've been supporting their whole life is evil. Yeah. Than it is if, like... Well, I... You know, here's the thing. It, as long as it's like, hey, Michelle Yeoh's mirror universe counterpart is sketchy, but she doesn't like the CIA, and neither should yeah. you. Yeah. So you should root for yeah. her as she tries to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. That it's, would be great. And, and like, CIA is too much, even for this person. And, and like, I, 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 you know, media doesn't have to align with your politics, right? It's like, I, I like James Bond, and, like, James Bond is about how, like... It is largely about how, like, MI6, again, another, like, I would say blatantly evil organization is actually cool and good. But, like, the I think part of the thing that kind of bugs me about this is that, like, this is Star Trek. Like, it's like... It, right. It, exactly. Like, it's like, you know, ostensibly, like, a overtly kind of progressive, like, forward-thinking, you know, uh, humanitarian goal of it existing. It, you know, I mean, like, uh, the the conceit of Star Trek is that warp flight opened our eyes to the existence of other worlds to the point that it unified our own. Yeah. Like, it is a very optimistic viewpoint, and so the, the idea that there would be a Federation CIA that is good, actually, is <laughs> very disheartening. I agree. Yeah, so, but at the same time, I do want to see Michelle Yeoh be a Girl boss. Yeah. So, you know, inside <laughs> me are two wolves. The wolf that doesn't like the CIA and the wolf that really wants to see Michelle Yeoh be a girl boss. Yeah. So we'll, 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 see, we'll see how it goes. I, um, I, 
it is it is funny that like it is now it's being billed as a special a special TV movie event or something like that. That's how it's being talked <laughs> about. And I was like, oh, we are getting like this. This is who would have thought that this is going to be our next Star Trek movie? You know, like after all of like the mm-hmm. you know the the talking about the next uh-huh. the next original series cast or like what you know for a while like Tarantino was going to do one or whatever, um, and then it's going to be this instead. You know, as our next movie. And I'm sure it probably will actually get a little bit of theatrical play and i might try to go see it in the theater even because because i know like the the finale of season three of picard actually got um screened in a lot of places mm-hmm. so oh, oh interesting mm-hmm. yeah i could so you think just screened in theaters for the super fans not because they're trying to qualify for anything no yeah i think it's just like a it's one of those things where it's like oh yeah we can get like x number of people to pay a little bit like a fathom event or yeah, something yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so and yeah. uh, you know i'm a sucker i might do it so but uh, well, thank you everybody for listening. Uh, Kate and Nicole, uh, is there anything yes. you guys want to plug um, before we we get out of here? You could still listen to our podcast. Is Sunday, that, yeah, back is to the, editing episodes. Is the uh, is the website an RSS feed? That's all still. That's all still. Yeah, up? it's all still up. Still it's all still up. Yeah, we just haven't added episodes for a while. I just need okay. to like edit the episodes okay. still. But you can still listen yeah, to our you podcast. We, we still plug it on the show. Uh, so. <laughs> Um, yeah, you can. Do we have a specific episode we would recommend? That's a good. Question. Uh, I, would I would say, say I would say either anything the, with the Flash over yeah. our very short series about. Oh uh, gosh, yeah. Um, I would say our favorite, my favorite episodes are probably our Godzilla episodes, our Geostorm oh, yes. episode, or our Interstellar yes, actually, episode. Yeah, I think yeah. those are all uh, really good episodes. And we're we're yeah. on one or two. I can't remember if we were on if we did. I, th- I think two. you we were on. Two. We did Lost in Space and we did um, the pilot yeah. of the other show. Uh, I'm so sorry that we made you watch Lost in Space, and I, <laughs> I, I, I just want to say once again that I was against Lost in Space. I'm from so the sorry. <laughs> what was the other show we watched? We watched Every we watched... episode of Lost in Space is 20 minutes longer than it should be. Oh, it was another life. Another life, was... I believe. No, it was. Um, it? That was the one. What's I, the show? It was, I don't think that you guys aired that. It was the show from like the 2000s. Like it was the pilot of um, oh, what was that show called? Like the town oh, with the geniuses right. in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eureka, oh, Eureka. Eureka. There we yeah, go. Yeah. I don't think that you guys yeah. aired that one though. I think. No, we haven't done that. But yes, that is on the list of things I need to edit. I, you know, I, <laughs> I have like three or four on the list. We even did fin- finally finish watching Lost in Space because I want Caitlin. We can't subject any more special guests to the show. You and I have to do this ourselves. If you guys, uh, if you guys do, <laughs> if you guys do more of it, you should instead of watching Lost in Space, you should find all of the segments of the Muppet Show where they do pigs in space and watch that instead. Yes. <laughs> all right. Well, you can check out uh, Caitlin Cole show on what's the website again? That's not science.com. Yep. And so they, they talk about, we haven't actually said the show, but it's That's Not a Science Works. They talk about uh, a lot of pop culture through like a scientific uh, lens, which is why they were talking about the, the size of the tardigrade. I, I knew that I knew that would probably ping you guys when we when I saw that <laughs> pop up. So um, there's also uh, Here's Johnny, which is a horror media podcast. And there is that uh, Wizard Studies, which is a Harry Potter podcast. Those are those. And that's what Science Works. And we are all on the Kaleidoscope Media Podcast Network. As for our show, you can catch us every other Sunday. Um, uh, we are. You can email us at outofcontracts at gmail.com. You can visit our website at outofcontracts.podme.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Contracts or on YouTube at Out of Contracts. Uh, so you can check us out any of those places. 
And thank you, everybody, for listening. And thank you again very much, Caitlin and Nicole, for coming. It is always fun. Yeah, it was so fun. Yeah, thanks yeah. so much for having us Yeah, on. thank you. All right. It was good. We'll see y'all later. Bye. All right. All right. Bye. Thanks, Bye. y'all. Bye.